What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, everyone. My name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the podcast all about Joshi Pro Wrestling here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Every other Monday, we are with you talking about the biggest news in Joshi, along with show reviews, previews, and much, much more. So if you're new to Joshi or you've been a longtime fan, this is the show for you. We've got something for everyone here. So check us out, Jumping Bomb Audio. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am rich, and this is our St. Patrick's Day Spectacular. And there's no Jolanza this week. There wasn't a Jolanza last week for our, or last year, I should say, for our St. Patrick's Day uh, Spectacular. I don't know if I called it a St. Patrick's Day Spectacular, but I'm calling it th- this time because we're on the eve of St. Patrick's Day. But uh, this is an annual tradition where Jolanza does not do the show. Uh, on March Madness opening Thursday. It's it's not technically opening day because they have the first four stuff or whatever, but it is the official Thursday of March Madness. So Joe does not do that. He is watching college basketball all day. So just remember that next time people make fun of me for missing a show for a vacation or something like that. Just remember that this man takes off uh, every single March Madness Thursday to watch college basketball all day. But that is fine because we have a very, very suitable replacement for Joe this week. And it is Pro Wrestling Torch's Alan 4L. Alan, how are you? Ah, Clemens Toss, who? <laughs> well, I should say, La top Thela, of the morning to you. It's <laughs> what it is. Matlum, Gohana no Koreak, this Bralum on Bratlon, Ak, Kawil on Kenta Kabashi Naganeus, Kawil Shosef Olanza. Yes. I agree <laughs> with everything you said, Alan. I agree 100%. Thank you uh, for, for the compliment, I think. Well, it was actually uh, it was actually <laughs> Joseph Olanza who I was referring to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ken- screw that guy. The Kenta Kobashi no Ganeus. Uh, um, so, yes, your flagship listeners, or should I say your Bratlong listeners. <laughs> didn't, know, didn't know the Irish for flagship. I had to, had to look that one up. Oh, did, is that, I, I, is that, so it's like, is that like an actual word or what? Because I imagined like, yeah, obviously ships, flagship or whatever. It had to be, that wasn't just like you put flag and ship together. No, Was that the, no, a, there's an actual Gaelic word for, actual, for flagship? Uh, and you do this, Rich, and most Americans do, so I'm going to forgive oh, you. Oh, please do, please do. Please, I, please Irish. Me. It's the language is Irish. Okay, we thank you. We don't say Gaelic. It's just you, well, you yanks. You yanks is my look. As my I know how you guys Rover celebrate. Say, 
I know how you guys celebrate St. Patty's Day with two T's, obviously. P-A-T-T-Y-S. You, oh, I'm drinking green beer right now. <laughs> the the favorite I, I, of, of the land of Ireland. I'm drinking green Miller Lights that has been dyed green. I am, I'm wearing a, uh, a sparkly uh, four-leaf clover headband right now as well. And uh, I'm just uh, head to toe in, in, in green. So uh, exactly how you, you guys do it. Shake. Got my shamrock shake. Uh, all bodies of water near me have been dyed green. Uh, there was a puddle in my backyard. I made sure that was green. So yeah, I, I got it. I got it covered out. Do not worry. I know how to celebrate St. Patty's Day, P-A-T-T-Y-S, uh, just as you um, in Ireland do. So, Having just come out of Germany, uh, where I was the weekend, where uh, I saw many things on many uh, menus, or uh, um, I forgot the uh, forgot the word for menu after learning it over the weekend, but uh, <laughs> many, uh, many bratwursts and, and whatnot, I see the word bratlong for... Uh, for flagship and i was just like really that's the irish for flagship bratlong 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 yeah. okay all right so i, yeah. I should have i we should have we should have coordinated that uh, I, I we did i have the the shamrock and the, that's our graphic that's just going back and forth between green and orange in a very uh ridiculous manner uh, i made the thumbnail uh, that features uh becky lynch during her uh river dance phase <laughs> the very brief uh nxt run of um uh, of, of Riverdance, so that that uh, uh, did that. So I, I'm being told that I need to pump you up a little bit in the audio. Believe it or not, you are quieter than Joanna. So my normal flagship setup, or what, sorry, what was the uh, the Irish word for for flagship? A uh, bratlong. Bratlong. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna the, I'm gonna write that gohana, down right now. The gohana no kariot voices of wrestling bratlong. Bratlong. Okay. All right. Brat. Yeah. I'm just gonna call no, it that from now on. Flagship's kind of dumb. No, so there's there's wrestling's a hard one too. Uh, there's a few different words you could go with for wrestling, but I went with kariot. So gohana not kariot voices of wrestling, and I was told to. Uh, to be quiet because uh, someone is going to uh, go to bed now in a few minutes so they asked me not to be shouting downstairs <laughs> and they also wanted to say hi to rich michelle and their lovely dogs oh incredible we'll tell uh tell whoever that is that is in your house that wants to go to bed that we also uh said hello so we will uh, I, I will bump your audio up a little bit and and you can uh uh yeah you can uh Rest assured that you are now louder on our feed. So, uh, well, of hope, course, I hope everyone did hear my lovely, uh, my lovely. Oh, they heard. I think I they just wanted you to be a little louder. I, I have Joe at like I, negative five in my, <laughs> so I'm at zero every week. Uh, Joe's at negative five. I just got I, you up to zero now too. So you and I can I be at zero, say, and I think that's probably fine. I, I will say that since the age of eighteen, after uh, twelve years of, I'm um, sorry, fourteen years of. Um, learning that language in school uh this uh past 10 minutes was the most i've used it since the age of 18. <laughs> yeah that's uh so is that a, do, do, it, do you feel like that's a misnomer that like people think that it is spoke or does, does everybody know that it's like not well the, there are certain parts of ireland uh, the gale talked uh, areas of ireland where they uh, speak irish and there's there's some schools even like here in my sister went to an all irish school so like all the subjects are taught true irish um she just did it to be like awkward um my poor mom <laughs> to be cool the, I, it sounds my, cool my, actually my, my poor mom had to sit beside her uh, with an irish english dictionary like helping her with her maths homework <laughs> 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 so it was, i felt so bad for my parents my parents like didn't speak 
watch Irish at all, and they're pretty much non whereas And my sister just decided she was going to be different and go to an Irish school. But uh, yeah, there's certain certain places, uh, parts of the country that that keep it alive. Um, a big thing for teenagers in the summer is that they go to Irish college around the age of uh, like 12, 13, 14 kind of years. So um, you basically go off and you get immersed in the, the Irish language in like a summer camp kind of a deal. And it's kind of partly designed uh, to have you learn the language and it's partly designed for you to uh, um, get acquainted with the opposite sex. There it is. Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah. Now, now you're talking Joe Lance's language. I can get him in now if you call him in. He could. You could take a the few Kent, minutes the, from the the Kenta Kabashi of Irish College. <laughs> Incredible, but uh, uh, yeah. So th- this we wanted to have it. Honestly, you are not on because it is the eve of St. Patrick's Day, but it did kind of work out well. Or I was like, ah, you know what? Hey, you know who'd be a good person to bring on, uh, Alan? You have never. I don't think you've ever filled in on the flagship before. We've obviously done numerous audio shows, uh, the yearly Joe Gagne uh, uh, Christmas draft that we do. Uh, Joe and I go over to the PW Torch uh, with, with you guys and do that. Uh, I'm trying to remember if you've ever filled on an actual proper flagship, though. I don't believe yeah, no, so. I'm, I am uh, normally. Uh, uh, this is a, a festive time of year. I'm, I'm being a bit freer, but I'm normally strictly paywall content for you guys at, at the Patreon, at uh, the flagship Patreon. I'm not like uh, some kind of Joe Gagne type, just willing to whore himself out for nothing. Um, <laughs> I just felt coming in hot. I love yes, poor, poor Joe Gagne. Yeah, well, oh, he's he's well, listening I, I at home now, gone. just like oh. I I could have gone with like Andrew Rich or something. He doesn't have the tenure and uh, veteran status to Joe. <laughs> right, he's Gagne not the has. original wrestling podcaster like Joe, uh, Joe Gagne. Yeah, who like does not I use that said, enough? He needs to start using yeah, that more, by the way. Like, if I had said that about Andrew Rich, like, Andrew, you, you'd have to just take it, like, take it on the chin, you know? Whereas Joe Gagne, he can fire back. He should fire back, yeah, yeah. He should, because Joe Joe Gagne, he is, he is a podcast senior of mine. He was doing this uh, before me, so... Um, yeah, I, I, I feel terrible now and, uh, any, any bollocking, as we say here in Ireland, that Joe Gagney wants to give me, I will, I will take on the chin. So, uh, sorry, Joe. Yeah, Mr. but, <laughs> but, uh, of course, uh, Don't all, burn me. <laughs> all this, uh, all this Irish stuff, not you like that Irish stuff in terms of like the over the top, uh, like WW is the leprechaun in the bottom of our thumbnail is all firmly uh tongue planted in cheek by the way if you do not know it it, it uh, mostly to get <laughs> ellen uh upset about how horrible americans celebrate this this holiday and uh uh see, yeah, that would work if i cared about it myself. yeah but see, you I don't just, care which is good yeah, yeah so it, it's all it's like to, to me it's just a day off work or before that school so yeah it's, <laughs> right. and it was also it's also a thing that uh you were told do you guys have lent over there is lent uh yes 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 we do. okay so um like especially like I, I do not like, adhere to it because I'm a I'm a heathen. But go on. Yeah, I've, uh, I I didn't even adhere to it when it was like <laughs> kind of thrust upon me in like Catholic school and as a kid. But uh, um, yeah, like Lent was like a big thing. It was like oh, you have to give up chocolate, you have to give up crisps, whatever. And um, but the thing was, you were always allowed to cheat on Lent for St. Patrick's Day. Which I'm not sure the linkage there or why <laughs> it that sounds very be. Catholic. Yeah, that, if there's there's nothing that's more purely Catholic than like yeah you, yeah it's kind of like it's kind of even with you know Jesus dying <laughs> you know you can not eat chocolate for a month. What about St. Patrick's Day? Ah, I mean on that day you can <laughs> you can eat chocolate of course. Like it's, it's I think I think it's probably designed because 
parents would take their kids to the most miserable thing on earth, which is the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin City, and the kids would very quickly lose all their enthusiasm because they can't see anything, like I did. And then you, an easy way to shut them up and get them to stop complaining is to just shove a load of chocolate down their throat. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I think the parents came up with this uh, this addendum to the Lent Clause uh, and... Um, yeah, uh, St. Patrick's Day Parade, not great. Uh, never, never been a, never really been too into the St. Patrick's Day festivities here in Ireland. I did, I did, uh, I think because it, it was one of the years during the pandemic. Um, I, I just remember like on, I think it was on RTE's website or something, they put up like a load of footage of old St. Patrick's Day parades and stuff. And I just spent like two hours like watching all this news footage of like people being interviewed at like the 1987 St. Patrick's Day parade and stuff. It's kind of fascinating. Um, but uh, yeah. That, that was, was like probably uh, the one time you were like, ah, you know what would be good? Like me hanging out with a bunch of people. You know what I mean? Like the one time <laughs> you've ever been like, ah, you know what was fun going back and like, because I did that too. There was a lot of times during, you know, the pandemic. So I'm like, ah, man, I miss the good old days of just being around a bunch of people. But then like now we're back and I'm like, ah, man, <laughs> this sucks. Like I liked it better when I wasn't around a bunch of people all the time. This is so much better. But uh, yeah, it, there, there was some dark times where you were like, ah, you know, what would be really cool to just walk around and, and, and drink and yell and not have to worry about anything. But uh, now that you can do that again, it's like, yeah, nah. <laughs> who's got time for that? I got, I got wrestling to watch. So it was such a, uh, it was such a big thing in the early stage of the pandemic when they canceled St. Patrick's day. It was like this, it was probably around like, I don't know the 10th or 11th that it was still like potentially could happen and people are like well they're not going to cancel st patrick's day. yeah like, we, we, we had a similar patrick's thing too day. so i went to uh there's one town near me that does a st patrick's day parade like the first week of march which is way too early <laughs> it makes you because now <laughs> i've been like because i i usually go i didn't go this year because uh, it's a fun time and it's like a not you know i don't get too crazy but it's a fun little time and it, it, it's cool to go because it's like yeah it's like early march and you're like yeah yeah i'll drink outside and <laughs> watch a parade who cares like uh so i usually do it and but it starts like the first week of march all the time it was like march 4th this year or whatever and it's usually that first week so i remember that that one still happened but that was during a weird touch and go period of the of of the beginning of the pandemic where it was like eh, and we were around and like we went and we were like yeah should we be doing this and everyone's like ah whatever you know what it, it, it's fine who cares you know let, let, let's do it and then all the other ones in chicago was supposed to happen the next week but then between the one that we went to and the next week they canceled everything and it was like a complete disaster like it, it was the beginning of like they're taking away everything like what are we gonna have left or whatever so it, yeah that was the like, i'm sure it was that way in ireland too that was like the unbelievable like well they're they're now we're ruining tradition. Like, what are we going to do? Oh my God, this is ridiculous. So, uh, it all kind of in hindsight seems pretty ridiculous given, you know, not necessarily like canceling it, like, like I'm saying, but like the, the hysteria over, Oh my God. And then like people being like, ah, and I'm sure it'll be like a couple weeks. Then everything will be back to normal. And it, no, it, no, not really. But yeah, it took a lot longer like than this, that. There was like the stages, like the levels of, Oh my God, they can't possibly do this. Yeah. Like, they, they, are they, they allowed do to do the like, cancel a parade? There's no way yeah, they can't do this to us. Like, yeah. Then it was like, oh, well, they canceled that, but they can't cancel this. <laughs> right. Fourth of July. Like, for us, it was like Fourth of July. It's like, well, by Fourth of July, everything's going to be fine. And then that all got canceled. <laughs> and they were like, this is ridiculous. This can't keep happening. Like, <laughs> like, I remember thinking like really early stage when like there was talk of some restrictions needing to come in, like just globally. And I was like, well, like uh, this was like purely like 
people maybe not being able to fly in or out of China. And I was thinking to myself, this is insane. What if someone has like business in China? They, <laughs> right, they have to do a business meeting. <laughs> yeah. like How, was that? how are we How'd supposed to conduct international business there? without flying to yeah. China? This is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, very, very different. Innocence. Uh, yeah, I, I've never got COVID. Thankfully, knock on wood. Um, and uh, three years ago, um, early March, I, the night before going to, we were going to go to Holland first and then on to uh, Germany for 16 carat. And uh, we decided not to go on that trip. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, um, I so like I missed that 16 carat. And three years later, I went 16 carat, as we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah. And sure enough, I don't have COVID, but. Literally everyone I was around all weekend have have COVID. Wow! I hope, I hope they're I hope they're all doing well. Um, but I've been talking to some of them. But hope everyone's doing well. Uh, and you're still and, good. Are you just like not testing yourself ever? Or I, I'm like, no. I've I've, I've you're like why well, I don't three, have it. I've never well, tested, I've tested for myself it. three times this week. I had to go to the dentist today, so I tested myself twice before going to the wow. dentist this morning, and I feel really good. So and I rang up the dentist and said, "Look, I've tested." myself twice and i feel good are you okay with me coming in they're like yeah you know like no one else does this <laughs> no one else is considerate right no one else cares <laughs> at all so um yeah i uh i, I yeah thankfully avoided sarah got it once and uh i avoided it when she had it and i don't know maybe i have gotten a lot of boosters so either they're working or I'm just naturally immune. To you're just, yeah, know. you're just a, a the iron man. There you go. So, uh, yeah, non COVID Allen there. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about 16 carat a little bit later. Now, yeah, you're definitely going to get it in like the next week. So you can't, you can't brag. You cannot brag about it. That's, uh, that, that just opens you up for, for eventually getting it. So, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that we'll, we'll talk about 16 carat a little bit later and, and ask, uh, is it safe to go back in the water of uh, European wrestling? <laughs> we'll uh, discuss that, uh, in a bit. You would know, uh, firsthand, obviously living, uh, in there and being part of the, you know, a major part of the scene uh, for, for many, many years. So we'll discuss that a little bit later, but a bunch of other stuff that we're going to do uh, in this week's show a little less in terms of like intensive this week in news type of stuff that we usually do on the flagship. We're going to have a little bit of fun this week. Uh, talk about some big picture topics. Um, we are going to discuss and, and this was presented uh, for, to me from you. And I think it's a really cool idea. And, and, and it was fun to kind of research this uh, our top 10 wrestlers of the year so far. So obviously it's Power March rankings, baby. Yeah, it's March 16th. It's 20. It's it's very early in the year. But God, this is good content. You got to do this if you can do it. So, yeah, we're power ranking our top 10 wrestlers of the year so far. It's been a great year for wrestling, by the way. There's been a lot of really, really good stuff. By and large, I don't think wrestling is good. Like if, if you said, hey, is wrestling good? in 2023 i don't know if i would immediately say yes but there's been a lot of good wrestling does that make sense to you i i think it's a heck of a lot better than it's been since yes since 2020 like japan I, I i i hold up my hands i'm not ready to say i was all the way wrong but i am definitely wronger than i thought i would be when i was saying a couple months ago or at different stages i would talk about i i, I wrote a pw torch uh, newsletter column basically titled has japanese wrestling lost its voice because i just kind of thought that the the restrictions being so heavy for so long and a new generation of fans kind of coming in and an old generation that was more boisterous and loud and everything leaving. Um, and they had already started to leave in, the, in sort of the, the years leading up to COVID. I just was thinking we would be seeing a much quieter 
different kind of Japanese wrestling going forward. I didn't really see it having the the crowd enthusiasm, noise wise, atmosphere wise that we that we were used to for so many years and decades. Yeah, and, and you were you, you were definitely justified not, by that because when did you release that piece? Because I know forget the exact time that you did, but there was this weird period where they did say, "Hey, restrictions are open," or you guys can start cheering again. And I remember watching one of those the shows, and I forget what what promotion it was or what company it was, but like people were kind of cheering, but most of the people were still clapping. And I'm like, oh no, are these people are just going to be like, nah, I'd rather just clap. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Uh, we're fine. Just clap. Cause there was a few people that were like, yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't I think it was boisterous. They were so, I think it was cause they were so kind of, um, like gradual with, okay, yeah. well you can, you can do, you can cheer, but then there's this stipulation. You can't chant. They, <laughs> you can't when, sing. When, yeah, like, and and they would have like, and and there was the capacity restrictions as well, yeah. and it was just it all like I was really just feeling disheartened about it. And don't get me wrong, it this ain't 1984 all Japan crowds we got going on at the moment, but they're a lot more energetic and atmospheric than I expected they would be, and it was pretty much instantaneous with some of the early shows this year. It really feels like the turn of. Uh, January into February was where we really started to see it. Um, like I, I, I think of there was a, a late show with um, in this was early January with uh, Lindemann versus Kaito Ishida, which had this rocking hot Osaka crowd that I just loved that match. You and Joe talked about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That crowd was um, fucking great. Yeah. Then there was that Dragon Gate show at Corkin in. Um, this was really heartening to me because Dragon Gate has, of course, just brought so many new guys through, and we hadn't kind of gotten to hear how crowds would respond to these mm-hmm. guys. Yeah, are these we guys actually seen, over or not? <laughs> yeah, we had seen a level of like overness in terms of all this. Like, there'd be Dragon Dia merch, and there'd be all like Jackie Funky Kamei fan-made signs, and all these different things you'd see, but you didn't really know what the crowds chant for these people and like it was pretty much like in the opening match i forget who it was it was the crowd it was someone the new guys and the crowd just started this huge chant for him and i was like whoa and then it was like genki came out and he tried to get a hage chant going and it was like kind of like no reaction and they started chanting for like jackie funky kamei or whoever it was instead and i was like wow there's been like a huge there's, it's not just the wrestlers we've seen turn over in Dragon Gate, but the crowds. Have, yeah, the crowds I mean it's turned three years. Too. Yeah, it's that's a long and, time. Three years is a very, very yeah. long time. And and the crowds have the crowd really reacted really well to everything on that show the whole way through. It was really a really fun show that gave me a lot of uh, enthusiasm. And then All Japan just really turning things around yeah I'm yeah a, they they've some, made the biggest jump i'd say in the early part yeah. of this year of like oh crowds yep. are back kento will not stand for the crowds not cheering so like he makes sure oh, that they just an, go he's amazing he, yeah he, he'll come i love the come out no nah, that's not enough i'm gonna come out again all right now no nah, still not enough now you better fucking cheer for me and he'll stay out there he's like this song can replay a hundred times man i'm not going out until you guys are, are going nuts for me and, and it doesn't take a whole lot of convincing but uh yeah he gets that crowd just going absolutely yeah they they have they have probably been all Japan has been for me the biggest jump between because I was really kind of done with them like they got real boring Same. during the, the 
clap crowds and I was like, it's over. It's done. And all Japan is, is nothing there. They're, forget it. We're done. And yeah, this, this January to, to, to where we are today, I've, I've been, you know, watching a, a lot of all Japan and, and we'll talk about it a little bit when we do our top 10 wrestlers, uh, of course, for an aforementioned man that is obviously in my top 10, but yeah, it was like, oh, okay. This company, it does feel like it has life again. And hell, I've even watched like zero one, which zero one pandemic zero one was a real like, and it's, it's still depressing. Don't, don't get me wrong. Zero one is still very depressing, but it feels familiar again because it's like, they'll go out there and they work their tight, you know, 10 minute matches where they beat the fuck out of each other, but crowds are making noise. again. it just, it feels right again in the best ways possible. So that, 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 that has really turned it around for me of, of, of Japan. Cause I was pretty much ready to just say, you know what? I'm going to watch new Japan, check in with dragon gate every so often, but pretty much the rest of Japan, I'm just going to hand wave, but it's been very nice. This first part of the year has been like, Oh, okay. It's 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 still pretty damn fun. Like you said, it's not they're not 1984 crowds and we're not quite, you know, 10 years ago in in, in Japan. But man, it is it is a night and day difference from where we it's, were it's just a, a year a ago. Great, it's a great start to 2023. It's a better start than I could have imagined. And then that's just Japan. We've got this in, insane turnaround of CMLL that you guys have covered really well. Um, AEW, I like for I, I absolutely go along with what you guys typically say that like in the hyper criticism of AEW, people lose sight of just how much good stuff there is and it's like they have had some incredible stuff uh so far in 2023 i think it's been their best period of in ring that i have uh in in my opinion so far um and uh so i'm really enjoying AEW, and um don't watch wwe haven't watched them in years so that really it makes no difference to me um and yeah like i'm the the one thing that i'm not into um that i kind of i tried during the pandemic and like it was like the the u.s indies like they they gave maybe about two weeks of like not having normal stuff and then they were like back to normal yes very quickly so (laughs) we say during the pandemic but it was pretty much normal like normal crowds, no restrictions. Yeah, there was pretty much the 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 couple of GCW shows from the Lightning, whatever the heck that place was called, the Electric Lounge or something like that. And then, yeah, like basically by July, they were like, ah, you know, we're back. Yeah. It's just like so, I went so, to a so show, like, I went to a, a live show in like June or July, and I I was just like I was there wearing a mask because it was still like july of 2020 so i'm like i don't know about it. and but yeah most other people were just like yeah whatever <laughs> business as usual yeah, so and i'm I like say, oh man <laughs> i say during the pandemic but that's just to reference it as opposed to implying any kind of like time reference as opposed to implying any like differences or restrictions it was business as usual right and i try i tried to follow along i tried to get into different promotions but a combination of uh, the production just letting me down time and time again with different promotions um certain crowds of certain um promotions just being terrible um commentary being terrible uh some like like, there is some diamonds in the rough match wise but like there's a lot of stuff about this the way the wrestlers fans promotions everyone promote approach wrestling on the u.s indies these days just i don't know if it's passed me by or if it's just not meeting a standard that i would hold to but it ain't for me i'm sorry i've tried and i said i I need to take um a couple of months up i'll give it as we'll talk about later wrestlemania weekend i'll give it a fair shake at wrestlemania weekend (laughs) um 
but I don't. Uh, we'll well, see, uh, we'll, we'll see d- how that goes. We will certainly discuss that later, and I do not think that's going to uh, uh, <laughs> to, to steer you. Uh, just letting you know, there, there's there's some okay stuff at this WrestleMania weekend, but yeah, by and large, I do not think uh, uh, this Mania weekend is going to turn Allen and back into a uh, uh, an American indie fan. But uh, yeah, no, I, I echo a lot of your thoughts on the American indies. I've tried. I, I've probably tried longer than most people have uh, as well, and it's just it's it. The, if I wasn't doing this, like there's no chance I would watch any of them for the most part. Uh, but there is some good stuff and there's some stuff that I like, but it's so inconsistent and you just don't know. Like there's just not those reliable couple of companies that you could say, all right, I'm going to watch, you know, and, and there's like West Coast Pro, I think does a really good job. Uh, I usually like most of the action wrestling stuff uh, that, that that that's on IWTV. Uh, and, and there's a few other promotions here and there. AAW uh, here in Chicago. I still obviously uh, watch most of their stuff. Dreamwave has come back in, 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 in the Chicagoland area and I will, you know, kind of watch a lot of their stuff and enjoy it but yeah it's it's the days of like <clears throat> knowing that there's a couple of promotions that you just have to watch i mean nothing is have to watch anymore it's if you got time you can watch this in this and this or whatever but other and let's be honest rich everyone's so cringe about it like <laughs> they're i you're you're like, preaching to the choir on that one <laughs> just the way wrestlers promotions people involved in indie wrestling just show their ass publicly whether it's social media or whatever well it's pretty much only it's only it's just it's only twitter basically yeah (laughs) like it's just it's so and and i i can't shake this feeling that like 95 percent of uh wrestlers on the indies don't actually watch wrestling and um, they might watch some WWE or whatever the occasional bit of AEW and if they do it's probably like half-hearted um but I don't think anyone's it's not like say the 2000s where you had Chris Hero and like 20 wrestlers all shoved into a room together watching like hours and upon hours of Michinoku Pro yeah. or yeah. Um, or the or whatnot just like studying their craft like i feel that's really i feel it's really evident how much that's missing in uh in independent wrestling and i, I not to be I, I i never want to be the uh the old guy yelling at cloud i will just step away before that ever becomes me but um it's um like i just i it's it's very apparent that like a, a lot of wrestlers care more about kind of their social media engagement and and what they kind of get back in terms of of that um than actually kind of going out and getting reactions and having good matches to tell a story from start to finish building programs like how many good this is something you guys have talked about many times how few really good beginning to end programs feuds rivalries things like that we've had on, on the indies it's you, you don't get much for it. I'm sure there's probably some indie promotions or wrestlers who might be listening to this who'd be like, well, we did X, Y, and Z. Uh, that's, I don't deny it. There probably has been, but it's so lost in the noise. Yeah. With, and that's the problem because there's so much that it's so hard to wade through it all to get to. And when you try, when you try, you're getting hit with like, Here's this branch smacking you in the face of awful commentary. Here's this uh, bird flying into your head of this like terrible production. Here's this awful gimmicky match that is like uh, a, a, a 
wolf coming up and biting you on the leg. I don't know why I'm walking through a jungle. Uh, <laughs> I like this, this indie wrestling jungle you got that also yeah. features wolves, a jungle with wolves. I enjoy this. Yeah, this is, you got snakes, you got wolves. It's, it's a very unique. No, and then there's the other thing too that like a lot of times there's been a few people that have tried to do stories, but we're still in like the everyone like wrestlers and wrestling promotions are my friend because I, I engage with them on, on social media. So you get somebody who tries to do like a legit story or that tries to be a heel or tries to do something. And then you get like the pushback of like, ah, yikes, like this isn't what we want or, you know, that sort of stuff. And like, not all of it's been good, but there's been people that have tried to do certain gimmicks or whatever, but then have had to kind of walk them back almost immediately because fans are just like, what is going on? Why is he being like this? And it's like, I'm, I'm trying to be a heel, but you know what? I'll apologize and whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it, they try to go to a level but there it's hard to do that level anymore because then that guy that's cutting you know x promo on y person and hates quote unquote hates them for whatever reason then that person's on social media and on twitter 10 minutes later talking to fans and retweeting stuff or whatever so you just lose that illusion so it's just like you said it a lot of it is being done on social media and it's just a lot easier to retweet a bunch of gifts of people doing cool moves and go ah awesome like and that's what it's become it's just like you know people retweet People, the, the match graphics go out. People do the shut up and take my money gift guy thing. Uh, and then a cool move happens on some random show and everybody retweets it. And that's 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 it. That's that's what it's all about. Where, yeah, the days of like uh, current talents, I'm not going to name names, but current talents that are in AEW right now in, in big spots, you know, asking Joe and I for Osaka Pro, you know, links so that he could study you know guys from you know Osaka Pro like those days are gone like I, I'm positive it's that funny that it's funny that Joe is such a big fan of that wrestler considering that wrestler specifically was uh, wanting to get l- matches of a wrestler that has a tail <laughs> right <The Apple laughs> yes you know exactly I know I'm glad speaking. you know exactly who I'm talking about because we probably then asked you Alan send us Osaka Pro tape for this guy so I'm glad yeah. that you I'm glad that you know it but uh, yeah, th- yeah those days are probably done of, of those guys huddling into like a hotel room like eight deep to go you know watch Osaka pro tapes to study certain wrestlers. Like, yeah, those days are, are, are Chris, long. Chris gone. heroes apartment or house or whatever it was. It, it was called like they had a name for it. Like it was something like the wrestling study house or something like that. Or uh, there was like some kind of jokey name it had. And yeah, they'd literally all be crammed up like, uh, uh, cause it would be like when he was, um, cause was he Chikara first or IWA? I can't remember. I think it was, Whichever one he was, he was based in first. Whether it was Pennsylvania working in the Chikara School or uh, Indiana um, working for IWA, uh, he, he would have, like all the trainees and many of them who would go on to have like great, great careers and stuff like that, and um, or a successful independent careers. Like yeah, they, they, you would see the learnings that they had coming true because they weren't they didn't have all these sort of distractions but i mean look i again i don't want to be the right person. that that there is probably done and it's probably never coming back and that that's yeah, fine yeah it's like it's a new era i i i'm not going to be the person where i'm like i dave Meltzer kind of attitude of well i can't get i can't get left behind and uh, I, I must uh stay hip to like I am perfectly fine with being left behind. If this is the direction things are going, it's not for me. If it's successful and everyone's happy, great. But I'm just being honest, it's not for me. And I don't begrudge um, I don't begrudge fans, wrestlers, uh, promotions, if they're successful, if they're happy and it's it's going in the direction they want it to go, more power to them. I just don't see huge evidence that 
you know, there's a real long-term future being built with a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that's that rant. Uh, For sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do it again a little bit later because we are going to go over uh, this year's WrestleMania weekend a little bit and then also do some WrestleMania weekend memories uh, as well. I'm doing that series on uh, on FlagshipPatreon.com where I'm, I'm writing about uh, classic, you know, WrestleMania weekend memories and moments or whatever I've done. I did a few last year. Uh, I did the Dragon Gate Six Man. I did Shingo versus Johnny Gargano. And then uh, uh, just a, a little bit ago, uh, a couple days prior to the recording of this and, and the live stream of this, uh, I did about uh, Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. from uh, Evolve 58, which again got me in all the feels of like, ah, oh, man, WrestleMania weekend used to be so, so cool. But uh, I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of you and Joe uh, trying to uh, tout this WrestleMania 2016 week as being the, the greatest because I'm bitter because that was the one I missed during my like eight years of going to WrestleMania weekend. Well, I didn't, I didn't go was, either. I, I debated it. I debated I missed. it. And I was like, nah, you know, because I hit that was like actually honestly the perfect time for me to go to a WrestleMania weekend. We're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves because we're talk about this later but that was one that i was going i was like you know what i can go to this there's no there's nothing stopping me like at at that point in my life we had moved out of our apartment because we were going to try to buy a house so we were living with my in-laws so i had like no reason to not like i could have easily gone the the reason i didn't go is because i was like living with my in-laws to save money (laughs) to buy a house so the idea of like hey honey uh instead of you know saving money this month i'm just gonna go to wrestling weekend and hang out with all my friends so see ya I got to pay Gabe and Sal for like the super fan tickets. Yeah, for, like, right, right. Which all I sh- the shows. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> so like, but, but then like, I was like, ah, you know what? And, and I remember like talking to Joe and talking to other people, maybe even talking to you as well. And you're like, nah, I can't go there, you know, whatever. And, and, and Joe being like, yeah, sure. Come on down. Like whatever, we'll figure it out. And, and, eventually like it was probably like three weeks prior. I was like, nah, I can't, I can't do this. We're saving money. Like I'm just going to watch it at home. And then I watched Evolve 58 and I watched that Zack Sabre Jr. Versus Will Ospreay. And I was just like, motherfucker, I should be there. That should be me there. And then like the whole weekend fucking rocked. And it was just like, God damn it. Like that, that could have been me, but oh, well. Oh, I was, I was at Cork and Hall, so I can't complain. Oh yeah. Much. Shut up. Yeah. 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 You're crying tears about, <laughs> about, uh, about that. But yeah, we will get to all of WrestleMania weekend. We'll talk about our memories of, of many weekend. You obviously have a very, very long history, a uh, very uh, storied history with WrestleMania weekend. So we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit later, but uh, you did mention this at the top and, and yeah, they, we are, we're not, we're not, and you, when we got on the call here, you were like, well, obviously this topic is going to be third hour end of the show. If we have time, no, 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 no. This is a whole new show. This is the St. Patrick's day spectacular year. Alan Forel of PW torch pro us paradise. No, we are, we're throwing out the format sheet. I'm doing, I'm doing Hogan Bischoff or, or Vince Russo style. And I'm ripping it up. Whatever that format sheet was and saying, fuck it. Alan, we are talking first hour about the 30th anniversary of Mitch Noku pro because yes this week is officially the 30th anniversary of the formation of michinoku pro wrestling in japan there is a great article right now at voices written by case low uh co-host of the open the voice gate podcast here on the voice wrestling podcast network talking about the history of michinoku pro how it got founded why it existed how it was revolutionary and then also some of the best matches in michinoku pro history so Got to go over to VoicesWrestling.com if you're listening to this and go and watch some of those matches. If you are not familiar with the legacy or, or anything about Michinoku Pro, if you have no idea about Michinoku Pro, you have to read that article. You have to watch those matches. If you were aware of it but forgot about it, go watch them again because they're all fucking incredible. They're incredible matches. Uh, and Case just did an, a, a great job uh, breaking down the history of Michinoku Pro, why it's so important, and then obviously how it all fell apart. And, and it's still around now, but you know what? How 
it, it never reached the highs it would uh, once you know reach in the 90s due to a, a multitude of reasons or whatever but yeah we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of michinoku pro and we're doing it in the first hour alan we are not waiting till the third hour yeah we don't have stinky lanza no uh, no hold, holding down lucharesu like he loves to do and nah. just shoehorning it into a five minute window in the third hour rich i can feel you itching to come on here talking about dragon gate some weeks and or or even uh maybe a little uh uh, Ryuku Pro, I know you're a big fan. <laughs> I love the I cave. can just feel you the cave shows, to, yeah. to, to lead out, to lead out a bit of, uh, um, what's the, the one that happens like Seafood Pro Wrestling? Oh, the Seafood yeah, Pro like, Wrestling. I, yeah, I love Seafood yeah, Pro Wrestling the I, I two know, times I've watched I, it. I can feel you wanting to have that as the lead topic some weeks. And uh, Lanza, he's just he's just overruling you. Uh, it's his Lucharesu bias. We all know it exists. It was very evident last week where he <laughs> called dragon gate the worst promotion ever he hates us i do recall um, that exact quote yes yes yeah so Par- paraphrasing um, yeah. a little bit but yeah essentially dragon gate sucks it's the worst promotion on earth yeah so that, that was that was what i heard so, um, <laughs> but uh yeah it's, in no um, uncertain well, terms we, we are uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna even steal his gimmick and do the, the clap get into it get Mitchie into it mitchy pro let's talk mitchy pro do it yeah uh um, great anniversary article. yeah Hayes' article, amazing. Um, just a great job. Like he was really on the ball with that. I was it I'll be honest, it slipped my mind that this was the anniversary. Um and can I tell you uh, the, the best part about Case and it, it, it exemplifies Case in the best way possible? Uh, he he we have a Slack, a voice wrestling Slack or whatever, and he uh posted last week and said, hey, is anybody doing anything else to the Michinoku Pro 30th anniversary? Because I'm going to write a big article. And I was like, Case, <laughs> you know goddamn well. A, nobody knew it was Michinoku Pro's 30th anniversary, but you and Mike. And no, you know nobody else is writing anything large, like a, a, a 10,000 word piece about the 30th anniversary of Michinoku Pro. No, it's all yours, Case. You got it. Like, don't don't worry about it. I, I, I love it. Just exemplifies Case in the best way possible of, of well, just I, just I, making I'll sure be, he didn't step on any toes with the 30th anniversary of Michinoku Pro content uh, that filled our website this week. A tear rolled down my eye when I saw it because I was like, I was, I was proud. I was like a proud dad, you know, um, uh, because I wrote uh, a big piece on Michinoku Pro for their 20th anniversary for Fighting Spirit magazine and uh, 10 years ago in 2013. And I, as I said, did not even think about the anniversary this year. So I feel I have had a good influence on Case that he was on the ball and that he took care of that 10 years later. He has uh, stepped into my shoes here, and I'm very, proud very proud of, yeah. proud of of the work he did. I thought his article was absolutely tremendous. I, I really liked it because uh, I, I went back and um, uh, I, I sent Case my one that I wrote um, after I read his today, and I ended up going back and reading it myself because uh, um, I actually got to, um, through the, the Brian Elliott connections, I was able to uh, speak to a great Sasuke himself through a translator for some quotes. And uh, so I was like, oh, that'd be interesting to go back and to go back and read. And uh, so I went back and read it. And after reading cases, they actually serve as a real nice compliment because I didn't really get to go into specific matches very much in mine. And case really does a great job of highlighting. Like when I was looking through his, he, he really maps out the 
the beginning to end of the, the golden period of Michinoku Pro so well by using the matches he selected. It's a really great timeline. He digs deep into those matches, what made them special. And I didn't really get to do that in my article. So I was, I think it's a, I think it's really, really cool. Um, he, he did a fantastic job. It's made me want to spend St. Paddy's weekend, just going and watching a load of Michinoku Pro. It's one of the most, uh, I, I would say just, um, oh, to, to, how about this? I'll, I'll use a phrase that was used this week in a very, very different context. Um, but it is one of the most perfectly imperfect wrestling promotions uh, uh, I think there's ever been. Um, it's just, it's so much of what made it unique, so much about what could be kind of talked about as a flaw in it actually serves to be part of its its beauty and um it it was such a trend-setting promotion it was such a um risk-taking promotion like and it's very much in the it's built like the man himself great sasuke as it just when you think of great sasuke you think of risk-taking both with his body um with everything he does in life and um uh, trying crazy things physically, trying crazy things artistically, and trying crazy things from a business perspective, which he did as a 23-year-old going out and deciding to have Japan's first ever essentially regional wrestling promotion. And it's if you're just used to Tokyo-based wrestling of the 80s and, and, and first couple of years in the 90s, to then go and see these shows in these small town gymnasiums in northern Japan where all the fans are sitting on the floor. It's just so different. They're sitting on the floor and their cushions um, and everyone's got these little... Um, I The first time I got like a load of Michinoku Pro DVDs, I was like, oh, the audio's really fucked up on this. What's, what's the deal with the audio? And then I realized it was... They had these little, I don't even know what you'd call them, but these things they shot into the air, these kind of noise things, the fans would shoot into the air, like kind of like balloon things, and the air would go out of them, and they'd create this squeaking kind of noise, and it would like last. Yeah, what the hell are those called? There's got to be a name for them, but I have no earthly idea what I would call them, or even how to begin uh, to look up what those things are called. I, but all, all I know is people like, are I nodding. Of, the people, the, the Michinoku Pro viewers are nodding, but the rest of us are, are either confused or, oh, we're confused. We don't know what the hell they're called. But yeah, if you know, you know. Yeah, and it's just like I've never seen that in any other wrestling promotion. <laughs> Gabe Sapolsky tried with his thunder sticks. Do you remember the thunder? Oh, of course, I remember the thunder sticks. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, now this it was just this cool just such a different atmosphere. And even for me, like someone who is only going down the Michinoku Pro rabbit hole and maybe I'd say 2006, 2007 is when I was like sinking my teeth into it after being initially exposed to it in 97 when they showed up on Raw, uh, Sasuke and Taka. But like I didn't, you know, I, as a 12 year old, I was like, oh, that was amazing. I'm going to import loads of. <laughs> right. Let me go to my Japan. local Japanese marketplace and see if they have any tapes yeah, <laughs> or if they can not, import not, Michinoku Pro tapes for me. Yeah. Not many of them in Dublin in 1997. So um, the. Uh, so yeah, I like I. I was a, I, I knew of the promotion Michinoku Pro. I would read about it in Paris Slam occasionally, but I, it was 
probably not until the mid 2000s that I actually started to watch a load of it. And it was just, even then, so different from anything else I had seen. And this is like stuff from 12 years earlier that in 2007 is shocking to me. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's just, it was amazing. It's, it really is like, if, if you think of like the, the birth of, of the, the Dragon Gate style and, and really the Dragon Gate style has so influenced um, a lot of the modern, like, hell, if you watch AEW, like, you'll see like guys like the Young Bucks, um, uh, Top Flight, all, all these guys doing these things, or like someone like a Ricochet and in WWE, like, all these guys that came through in the last 10, 15 years, like, they were influenced by Dragon Gate, be it having gone on tour directly with them, like an El Generico or a Bucks. And and so like that style has permeated through the industry. And and it does go back before Michinoku Pro as case case lays out. It goes back to the UWF. It goes back to Gran Hamada as kind of the father of this with, with Satoru Sayama in a way, but Sayama also has his kind of shoot style side of things, which kind of but Gran Hamada was this pure lucha resu guy he was he was this guy he was a japanese wrestler who made his name in mexico had most of his early career in mexico and uh he was like the godfather of all this but it was michinoku pro where it really started to take hold and leave an impact and yeah it's um and all those guys that kind of broke in under hamada like a dick togo and and uh, Delphin and Sasuke, once they started to, like, once they'd had a couple of years under their belt and they went from, oh my God, these guys are super green, but really promising, exciting wrestlers to, okay, these are some of the best wrestlers in the world. And it was, it was when they had their own promotion that they, that they did that because very quickly from like 93 by 95, they're like, they are some like if you did the top thirty wrestlers in the world in nineteen ninety five, you've probably got a a healthy representation of Michinoku Pro guys. Yeah, it, it's for for people that have never seen Michinoku Pro or just trying to d- properly describe like how influential uh, they are. I think the best way that you can figure out how influential there are or they are is is watch some of those matches. And the one that I would definitely recommend. Uh, uh, watching and I, I think Casey even lays out that this is like the best Michinoku Pro match ever and it's one it's not the one that I think everybody knows every I think most people and by by everybody I mean like the deep deep wrestling fans or whatever not everybody your 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 random wrestling fan on the street has no idea about the October 10th 1996 you know uh, Michinoku Pro match but it's that December 16th 1996 one the the Kaintai DX uh, versus Michinoku Pro match uh, is I believe it's five man yeah i think it's 10 man i think it's a 10 man tag on on december 16th 1996 i think just watch that match and you'll get it you'll just understand immediately from watching that match especially if you're watching a company like AEW right now you'll see oh my god yes this i i see what this is i see why this is as influential as this is because it's 1996 and i honestly today i watched the main event of last week uh, of, of of this week's dynamite the 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 trios you know the tri- the 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 three way trios match or whatever uh and then i watched this match almost immediately back to back and i was just like oh my god like 
This is the it's like the same match. You know what I mean? In a lot of ways, it's that match. And it's like this one is done in 1996. Like this is being done on a completely different planet. Like Joe and I talked about that last week on the flagship where the thing with Dragon Gate went when you first watched Dragon Gate, when I first was engaged with Dragon Gate, it was like this is wrestling from a completely different planet. Like, what is this? I, I there's just nothing like this. I've never seen anything like this. There's nothing is that 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 even resembles this. You know, I'm I'm not getting this from anywhere else. This is wrestling on a different planet. That's what Mitch Noku Pro was in the mid '90s, and and you mentioned as well. Like you watch that the '93 stuff, and you're like, all right, yeah, there's there's some fun stuff going on here. By '95, you're absolutely right. These guys are like, oh my god, they're they're these guys are getting good. And then you go watch 1996. You either watch that October match in 1996. You're free to watch that match. That match is great. You should definitely do that. But I would definitely recommend the Hakata Star Lanes one from December 16th, 1996. That is it. That is like the Michinoku Pro match. And if you want to understand why the why Michinoku Pro was what it was and why it's so influential, watch that match and then go watch you know the Dynamite main event from this week and you'll see oh my god yeah th- these guys are still doing this style in 2023 like this this is it that is the style and these are the guys that really created it in, in a lot of ways and made it you know so influential that it gave way to like you said gave way to dragon gate which gave way to you, you know dragon Gate usa which gave way to a lot of american wrestling fans finding it out it gave way to the 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 2006 the Dragon Gate you know six man in 2006 and the Ring of Honor shows like it, it all led to that and and like uh, Chikara was basically tried to be the American version yeah of oh yeah 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 Pro with the the gimmicks and the masks and whatnot um you you mentioned being like wrestling from another planet have you heard the Ricky Choshu quote from backstage at uh, Super Jacob 94 apparently. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard that. It was after Taka's match where uh, Taka does a bunch of crazy dives against Eddie Guerrero, and apparently Ricky Choshu turns to someone and just goes, "What is this guy? Some kind of space alien?" <laughs> yeah, right. That's perfect. I didn't. I never knew he said that. But yeah, that's what it is. And you can tell that this crowd is just like, "What the fuck are we watching here? This is insane. This is crazy." And and that's. I think that is the lasting legacy of 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 Mitch Noku Pro is is what they were able to do. Uh, in that era and what they were able to do to influence what all wrestling, a lot of wrestling that you see today, like you said, in, to, to Chikara, to Dragon Gate, to Dragon Gate USA, to Ring of Honor, to, to you know, the Indies, to now to AEW and stuff. It, it is, it, it can't, and like you said, you can you can chart it back to Grand Hamada, you can chart it back to UWA uh, uh, and, and you can chart it back, or UWF rather, you can chart it back to, to Sayama and, 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 and Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask if you really want, but like, it really feels like it becomes fully formed in that style and that idea, just what it is, happens with Michinoku Pro. And like you said, what, what's cool about Michinoku Pro more than anything is that they took the ultimate risk and said, you know what? Yeah, we can we can run Tokyo and probably do okay. But hey, there's this whole half of this country that doesn't get any wrestling ever. Let's just go there and let's base our company there. Uh, and then they got they got buzz from the cool hardcores in Tokyo, and mm-hmm. then they wanted to see them come. Yeah, like the first time they did a Corrigan show, it was a big deal, and then when they did the Sumo Hall show, it was a big deal. But um, if if I could stress one thing to people, I, I because you're you're naturally as as we have been so far, when you talk about Michinoku Pro and its legacy, you're you're naturally inclined to talk about the. The innovation, the creativity, the speed, the synchronicity that these guys had in, with this style. that like You rightly compared to the Dynamite main event this week, Rich, but to me, like a big difference between those is uh, on the Dynamite main event, it's like a bunch of guys who 
obviously this was the first version of this match they've all had with each other and they probably had to plan this out step by step and just be like okay this is a lot going on here daniel garcia hasn't worked with this person chris jericho hasn't worked with this person and oh by the way he's like 50 whatever and uh all these like different things they had to probably be very careful with with playing that and it's they achieved a hell of a, a match a hell of a performance but that december 16 1996 match you felt like that was just these guys going on autopilot like they could have done it in their sleep yeah. they were all just so in sync and that just comes with the fact they had all been working together for so many years in maybe it wasn't this exact combination of five versus that exact combination of five but god like everyone on the match had, in the match had wrestled everyone else so many times um but you, you do have this natural inclination to talk about it just in terms of that style but what i want people to realize about michinoku pro is the reason that they were able to be so successful throughout the 90s is and to be homesteading in this area of northern japan where they're in the same kind of region if they were just going out and doing these highly synchronized highly athletic matches over and over like the novelty would wear off after you know a couple of months a couple of years but it the crowds were so especially the local crowds were so into the story of the different rivalries that were there and then when they get Kayantai Deluxe, Kayantai DX hot as heels and have like the Michinoku Pro Sekigon army as the, the led by Great Sasuke, and they they have this feud and it's like it's intense. And guys, a babyface like Grand Naniwa, who's like a, obviously he, he passed away tragically at a very young age, but he was he was like still a teenager during this um like rise of like the classic Michinoku pro like he's you've got like a guy like hamada in there in his mid 40s um but you've got naniwa on the other end of the spectrum who's like 18 yeah yeah he died if people don't know he died he was 33 when he died and that was in 2010 people probably don't know because he was obviously wearing the mask a lot of the time and i remember i was taken aback when he passed away and i was like oh i wonder how at 33 like what (laughs) like oh my god the guy was like uh yeah he was a teenager when he was like great so they were so into him because of that because of the gimmick he was a crab he did the crab spots but he was a fighting baby face and he had some of the best baby face performances like that you would get some intense reactions at these shows because of that inherent story that they had with the the faces and the heels and if i was to recommend one match the, the case um listed that really shows that it's it's actually it happens on a battle art show um in early 97 um and uh, michinoku pro battle arts were by 97 they were really kind of working together as these two kind of um independent promotions of a similar size that had two completely different styles but they were both kind of you know uh with ikeda and ishikawa on one side and sasuke on the other side you had these kind of creative guys that basically found ways to meld their promotions together and have some do some work with each other and like the michinoku pro stuff would appear on battle arts and would actually fit in really well and the battle arts guys would appear in michinoku pro and fit in really well so but they have a michinoku pro showcase match essentially on this 97 battle art show and it is a wild heated bloody brawl and i really strongly recommend people check that out it's 
it is so class. I I had never seen it before. Oh, it was a couple of years ago. Didn't even know it existed. And I think Case um, discovered it around the same time. And we were just, I remember us talking about it and be like, this match is insane. How do more people know? Yeah, I've, I actually haven't match? seen that one. I'll have to watch that today. Uh, you will love it, Rich. It's, it is wild. So, um, yeah, it's uh, so many great matches like that. The, uh, another one is, again, harping on Naniwa, but the... So the 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 Fukuman Mask League that they would have. Um, this is 1995 version. Um, basically, like a singles round robin. But the, the deal was whoever the the worst two performers in the tournament were at the bottom of the the table. Um, at the end of the tournament, they would have to face off in a match where the loser would lose their mask. And it was Naniwa versus a wrestler called. Uh, uh, there's a million different spellings of his name, um, a million different versions of his name that have been translated and mistranslated over times. I think commonly it's been accepted. He, he was uh, Gorgon Cross, and uh, Gorgon Cross uh, looked very similar in outfit to uh, one Mr. JL, not Joe Lanza, but uh, WCW Mr. <laughs> yes, JL, yeah. it was of course Jerry Lynn. So they they would bring in like different guys and just put a mask on them, just and give them a random name for this Fukuman tournament. So yeah, they have this Jerry Lynn versus Nani Wall match, and the heat of that match is just insane. It's it might be my favorite Jerry Lynn match. It might be the best Jerry Lynn match. I remember I, I got to meet Jerry Lynn one time in my life. Um, <laughs> of course you brought up this match. I, lo- a, a, I love a it. A Rev Pro show. Yeah, I'm like I'm like you and talking to Christopher Daniels, but I got a better a better response. <laughs> oh. <to> my, <laughs> yeah, I'm gl- I hope you did. The, the notoriously friendly Jerry Lynn was yeah. uh, much more. Uh, it was at a Rev Pro show in a small little sports hall in Sittingbourne, in England, and um, he was just being really nice, talking to people after the show. And I, I just went up and I was like, "Hi, Jerry. It's really just a pleasure to see you live. Just a real honor. I've been a fan for a long time." And he, maybe he was thinking, "Oh, what a, what an Egypt this this." Yeah, this he's gonna here comes. A, he's gonna talk about our Rob Van Dam in like twelve seconds here. So let's get <laughs> yeah. let's get on with it. All right. As, uh, so he he might have been, or maybe he was just like maybe he is genuine. Jerry Lynn does strike me as someone who might generally just be a sweetheart, and he he just he, he seemed to be like really happy to talk. And then when I told him, um, uh, I was like, I just I I love this match you had at Michinoku Pro. I was wondering if you had any memories of it, and he was like, Oh my god, I can't believe you. Yeah, what a wow! And he was like, he was like really taken back, and he was like, you know, like I I can honestly feel like the shakes of the, the building because the crowd were all stomping their feet and like it was like this energy rushing through me and i was like yeah that's what it comes off like on tape and uh and he was like it was like it was uh it, it was kind of akin to my famous uh uh time um uh, uh, when noah did the uk and uh uh, the infamous Alan Forel Kenta Kobashi meeting where I go up to him with because uh, we were allowed to get two things signed and uh, I had printed off these screenshots from VLC player of like <laughs> my favorite moments of uh, so it was like a screenshot of the end of the May 25th 92 Pan Ams match oh him and Kikuchi getting their hands raised and like on like, like real glossy printer paper and uh, so like I, I, I handed it over to him and 
and uh, um, Kobashi's just staring at it in tr- just in a trance and he's like oh Sendai 92 Doug Furness so strong <laughs> yes <laughs> I was just uh, people people who were in the queue my good pal Jamesy like he he was in the queue we, we weren't didn't even know each other then but he was in the queue like two people behind me and he was like he just always talks about how what well, just that was like the greatest thing ever. My 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 best friend Dewan was like right there with me. He always talks about it. It's just the most insane thing he's ever seen. Just, the amount of people that have brought that up to me over the years, like, oh, I saw you meet Kobashi. <laughs> it's like a memorable moment. Yeah. Skydo. Well, was he like? Was he quickly just signing everybody else's thing and going aha aha aha? Like, was he? Did you get like a special, or was he doing like platitudes to everybody? Okay, so I feel really bad about this because um, Kobashi was, and I was like a twenty-two-year-old student at this point, and I was, um, yeah, my first few times like traveling over to England for wrestling shows, I was such a cheapskate. Like I was, like I just didn't like I had I was like doing like tennis coaching and stuff. And I had I had money like in addition to going to college. Like I didn't spend a lot of money. I was just like buying Ring of Honor DVDs, you know. Like I, I wasn't out like partying every night. So I had money. I could have I could have like just you know put a bit extra out there. But I was like I was a cheapskate. So I went to this meet and greet in this show with like fucking no money in on me like pretty much so like well i don't need to, to drink uh, anything i've got my bottle of water here in my bag so i don't need to have any any money on me and uh so like a meet and greet was already paid for and all that so um but when in the queue for kobashi it was like he had all these uh kenta kobashi purple um, they were really cool foam fingers that like were you basically had to buy to to kind of get the so it was like an extra thing like they, the wrestlers weren't supposed to be doing this because the fans had paid for the meet and greet but it was like Kenta Kobashi and Noah yeah so no one's gonna, gonna tell him tell, no <laughs> yeah right yeah, he's gonna the, tell the him hey you can't sell those gimmicks here pal yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. they got Noah office got them specially made up but they were super cool they were only five pounds like but I I didn't have I didn't have five pounds on me. Maybe I had some in the hotel, but I didn't have it on me. I was like, oh, this could be so awkward. It's like everyone else buying their thing, getting their photo of Kobashi with the giant foam hand. It, was, it wasn't even a foam. It wasn't even a finger. It was a chopping hand. That's what it oh, was. Oh, that's an awesome like a, piece of merch, man. Yeah, it really was. So I was feeling bad, but like everyone else was going up, buying their thing. He was giving them a big smile, taking a photo. And then I got away with it because he was so distracted by <laughs> our conversation about Doug Furness being so strong that he just kept shaking my hand and smiling and we took a photo and then I was like totally happy with my experience and just walked on and uh, uh, there was like <laughs> all the all the wrestlers had like a little like UK student it was probably like I don't know young Mark Haskins or something like that that was like with each organizing the queue or whatever so like whoever it was whatever nine year old trainee was like started to go uh you have to buy and i was just walking away at that point. <laughs> right smiling from <laughs> grinning from uh, ear to ear like 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I felt bad about that. And I also, now in hindsight, I just feel bad that I was like a cheapskate and just didn't get that foam finger because that would have been cool. But at least I have the, um, at least I have the, the, the meeting that I can remember. But uh, yeah, Kenta Kobashi uh, and Jerry Lynn, two nice wrestlers to meet. Um, and, uh, and Jerry Lynn, he, he enjoyed his match with, uh, uh, Grand Nanny Watts take this all back after that ridiculous tangent. <laughs> I feel like any time I feel like any time I do a a, a a podcast, I bring up the Kenta Kobashi story. And since this is my first time on a free flagship show, uh, I think it is uh, it is worthwhile. No, it, it's an incredible story. Yeah, it, it's the best one. Yeah, I, I've I, I, I people do bring that up all the time. That's not even you. Like people that I know that know you bring up the story. <laughs> Doug Fern is very strong. Yeah, which is. Just an awesome thing. We're, we're being told in the chat room that uh, Jerry Lynn is, in fact, a sweetheart. Uh, other people saying they've met him uh, at different shows, and he is indeed. Uh, because he's from Minnesota, he's nice, or he's just an actual nice human being. So uh, you, you did not just get a rare moment of Jerry Lynn niceness. It looks like he he's generally uh, a, a, a super nice guy. But, uh, yeah, so so you mentioned when you first got into Michinoku Pro, and I think that's kind of the the same time that I did as well. And even going back to, like you said, that 1997 thing where all of a sudden that's when I'm really starting to get into wrestling. That's when I'm really starting to be like this thing. I care about this a lot. Like I'd, I'd watched for years before that, but it was kind of like, ah, it's on when I'm watching TV. Okay. I'll watch it. But it wasn't like appointment television by 1997. It had become appointment television. And that's the first time that I really became aware of what the hell was going on in Japan was Sasuke and, and, and Taka. And, and it was the Canadian stampede. I remember renting that tape and just being like, what in the world is this? And, and obviously it's 1996, uh, 1997. Uh, and like you're saying, I was, you know, 11 or 10 or whatever. It's like, I wasn't going to like have my mom drive me to a Japanese, you know, supermarket, which of which I don't even know if we had any around there and be like, I must acquire these tapes. Like I didn't even think of it. I was like, whoa, this is going on in Japan. That's cool. And then just kind of went out with my life or whatever. But I always remember thinking about that match and thinking about Taka Michinoku and wondering, man, I wonder what those guys, I mean, that those guys are great. And they would talk about Michinoku pro Michinoku pro, the stars of Michinoku pro. And I'm like, oh man, that sounds like a really cool promotion. And then I remember when the early days of the internet, the very, very early days of the internet of like discussing that match and being like, you know, that was one of my favorite matches. I love that match. The Canadian stampede, great Sasuke versus Taka Michinoku. And I remember golly knows who this person is, but thank God that that person came at the time that they came. I remember talking about that match and someone's like, yeah, you want to see real Michinoku pro wrestling, you know, kind of like a back alley thing. And th- this guy sent me this, this weird link <laughs> or like a, a way to download it or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like opens up his sport code. It's like, you want the real Michinoku pro? And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it was it's like, lots of heroin as well. There, right? <laughs> right, yeah, right. And can I, he was probably a sex pass and I didn't know. I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, send me your address or why don't you just come meet me? I have Michinoku pro. I'm like, yeah, sounds great to me. How could this go wrong? I'll be, I'll be Wait, there. Is it my quackable? <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's been the flagship so alan thank you so much for coming on <laughs> but, uh, oh, oh dear god it may have, i mean honestly it may have been i mean yeah but uh anyway <laughs> you worry he works from chicago indies i'm sure it was <laughs> But, you know, I remember this guy sending me some scuzzy link or something like that or some weird way to download it on SoulSeek or Kazaa or something like that. And then I remember the matches that I was able to see was that October 10th, 1996 one. The one that that Case mentions in the article is probably the most famous Michinoku Pro match like that. That was on 
every single time. And then later, you know, doing tape trading or whatever. This fucking match was on every tape that you would ever get of like best matches in Japan or like, you know, you know, the high fly Japan high flyers or whatever. And that like, cause that's all I knew. Like for me for a long time, I just thought Japanese wrestling was like high flyers. Cause that's all that I had really seen by, you know, watching 1996, 97, 98 WWF and WCW or whatever. The guys I knew from Japan were like all the high flyers. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't Ultimo dragon. Yeah. There wasn't really like, you know, I later on in life, I was like, oh, these guys also just beat the fuck out of each other. I didn't really know that at the time. Like I just thought it was Sasuke and Taka and Ultimo and, 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 and Liger. I, I literally and, remember the first time I, my cousin showed me a, a, a like a music video of uh, Kobashi versus Masawa. And I was like, oh, they've got some burly gentlemen in Japan as well. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Look at them with their, with their tights covering up their belly buttons. Yeah. Big, yeah. Like, their big chest. Yeah. I just thought it was like mask guys doing cool, like topes. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's, yeah, same. That works for me. And then, yeah. So obviously that opened up a whole new world. But I remember watching that match and just being like, whoa, hold on a minute. And that really kind of changed uh, a lot of my, you know, wrestling thoughts for a long, long time thereafter. And it was like that. It always, Mission Cooper will always kind of have a, a soft spot in my, my, my mind. Like same thing with like Hayabusa. Hayabusa was another guy that like in those early, early days, you know, people would send me stuff or I would like seek it out. And that's a guy I watched because I was like, whoa, deathmatch wrestling. Like again, I still had no concept for like Masawa and Kobashi and, 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 and Tawe and the, the pillars and all that. I had no idea about any of that stuff. I only knew about the high flyers and the deathmatch stuff, but I'll always have a soft spot for Hayabusa and for Michinoku Pro for that very reason is like that. I'll always remember being my first real interest introduction to true Japanese wrestling through the WWF, which again also speaks to the influence that that Michinoku Pro had that they were global. They were a global brand because it, even if I just watched WWF, I knew what Michinoku Pro was. If I just watched ECW, I knew what Michinoku Pro was because they would all they would pop up there a bunch of times uh, as well and 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 do the same thing that they would do everywhere else. So they would come in, they would do their match and it would blow everybody away and people would go, what the fuck is this? This is again from a different universe. Great Sasuke and Taka Michinoku being plopped into 1997 WWF is a different planet. Like these are like you said, what was the the, the, the Ricky Choshu like space aliens or whatever? It's ridiculous. Yeah, it like Taka would yeah, run up, kind of jump onto the area. top rope, and then do like you know a flying cross body, and you're like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like, excuse yeah, well, me, like, remember, how do you do that? Do you like, remember the first time you saw Taka do? Uh, I I just always know it as the Taka dive. Generico would do it back when he was a lot smaller, but it's the one where the guy is like your opponent's on the floor, you're facing to the outside, you springboard as if you're going to like dive down across body but he he turns so he's turning as he's springboarding and then he does a moonsault it's just the most like the first time i saw that i was like how is that even possible it's like the first time i saw one of those um valiente dives that like loads of people do now but like where you kick off the middle rope and go over the top oh yeah 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 it was like the first time I saw that, I was like, how is that possible? And uh, yeah, but the, the Taka dive when when I saw that originally is and, and then anytime Generico would do it in a big match, I'd always like, well, tacking on a half a star there. He <laughs> right, that's going to work for me. That's going to work for me. So <laughs> it's all I need. Yeah, no, it, it's just, yeah, Michinoku Pro, the, the legacy of them is, is I mean, it's seen in a lot of today's wrestling, but uh, I'd really implore people this week, uh, you know, this week of all weeks. It's also laid out perfectly for you. If you just want to, I think there's like six or seven matches uh, in Case's article that pretty much brings you to, hey, here's Hamada 
and here's a very, very young Ultimo Dragon before he's even Ultimo Dragon. Here's kind of the forefathers of this style. Here's where the style starts to get adopted, where these guys, like you said, take the ultimate risk and just say, you know what? Let's run. Let's base our promotion in northern Japan. Like, fuck it. We'll see what happens. And it ends up resulting in like a decade of that company just being tremendous. And then obviously, like most things in wrestling and especially in Japanese wrestling, you know, guys are not always going to get along. People are going to see, you know, not see eye to eye and then it's going to break apart. And then you get Osaka Pro, which is also really good as well. Osaka Pro has a lot of really, really cool stuff. But from that point forward, it never feels quite the same because you have Osaka Pro, you have Michinoku Pro, you have both companies are and then they're kind of like weirdly working together a little bit because they're very similar styles, but there's still like weird tension and it just kind of watered down down the product to the point where, you know, now both promotions are still around, but they're just not anywhere near what they are anymore. You know, Michinoku Pro will pop up once a year, you know, with the great space war at this point. But it's just, yeah, it's it's not what it was before. And I enjoy some stuff that I watch from them, you know, when, when I do watch the great space war or whatever. But yeah, they're just they're just not as relevant in the grand it's scheme. Hard to ju- it's hard to judge on it because like they could be doing like Gerard put in the chat about them doing a big house for a show. Um I forget what arena he said it was. I think it was Jinsei Shinsaki's uh, 30th, uh, if yeah, that okay. was the one. Yeah. So, um, but, like, they could be doing, like, a lot of, like, really good, solid business in northern Japan. Like, regular, they're probably doing regular shows. And I'd imagine the houses have gone up quite a bit with Fujita Jr. Hayato coming back. Um, and, like, that's a name that, like, when you think the later era of Michinoku Pro. Like he was the guy they built around. He was the heart and soul of the promotion as as Shinzei Shinzaki's kind of um prize pupils. him and Keno were uh, the two guys that Shinzaki kind of brought through and Keno of course went on to Noah, but um Hayato who could have gone to New Japan after he had like these breakout performances in the twenty uh, 2009 Super J Cup, the 2010 Best of Super Juniors, and I think he might have done the 2011 Best of Super Juniors as well. He was like he had just his own fan base in Japan because of his story with his um, with both his parents' uh, health situations, with his father with cerebral palsy, and and having the um, the the wrestling promotion uh, Dog's Legs, which. Um, if if anyone watched the uh, um, All Star Junior Festival, Chris Charlton talked about that on, on commentary. Um, and, and and Hayato uh, then having his issues in the last couple of years with his his mentor MMA fighter Kid Yamamoto dying of cancer, and then right away almost. I feel like it was weeks later. Yeah, it, it, it was not long after. Yeah. Yeah, he gets diagnosed with tumors all over his spine. And it's like, he is not. Spinal tumors. Think about that. <laughs> like yeah, spinal like, tumors. He's basically faced with this decision of he can have this incredibly risky surgery um, and maybe be able to have a wrestling career, maybe potentially, or he can um, accept various limitations and um and and not go back to the life he wanted and but yeah so he like his prognosis was not good but he like i've written about it a few times like shinzaki stayed by his side throughout there's these photos of shinzaki shinzaki like rolling hiato out of hospitals in a a wheelchair and, and all this kind of stuff and um 
for him to come back and for it to be like he initially had just the one comeback match and i was like oh that's great he was able to do that one match but then it was like he came back full-time and he won the title and he's like just as good as he was <laughs> like he he wears a t-shirt now that's the only difference um as i don't know if he's covering up scars or, or whatever issues he might have the um or he, he just wants to wear a t-shirt but what that's like literally the only difference between hayato now and hayato then he still has all the same charisma he still has all the same crowd support which if you watched all-star junior festival he was he got some of the best reactions on yeah, the show they did. um and uh yeah like he's a guy that like i'm sure they they started to draw some better houses locally in northern japan with his comeback and um you know just the fact that they continue to exist continue to pump out young talent that are able to work the shows and um you know i think they're still a uh they're still a successful small business and um more more power to my i i hope there is always room for Michinoku Pro in whatever form it's in in the in the pro wrestling industry and if it's able to make a big comeback at some point if they get some new young stars true that really take um take hold and and, and do great things that would be awesome um if we start to see, if they get like some kind of a TV deal where we start to see some of their stuff a bit more regularly and not just the one Tokyo show a year, as, as you mentioned, um, that'd be cool. So yeah. Um, just, yeah, a, a real feel good wrestling promotion for sure. Yeah. It just definitely, yeah. Every time I watch them, it's just always like fun vibes. It's always cool vibes, you know, going back and watching old, old, old Michinoku pro, but uh, again, cannot recommend cases article enough. If you want a little bit of a background uh, about the company and, you know, again, like leading into pretty much what you got from dragon gate as well. Like dragon gate is the spiritual successor uh, of that. Now today's dragon gate is obviously a little bit different in a lot of ways. And, and I think a lot of the, you know, the Lucha Riso, uh, uh style is it's still there a bit in Dragon Gate, but not nearly as much as it was obviously in the, in the two thousands or whatever. Um, but yeah, you can see the direct line there. And then again, yeah, the direct line that you could see for a lot of modern wrestling is just, it, it, it's there uh, in Michinoku pro. But I, I think it was, it, what you pointed out was great too, that it wasn't just guys in masks doing cool moves. It was also really, really cool stories and really good fan connections that, that just made them stand out uh, even more uh, than, than a lot of other promotions. But uh, yeah, if you want, uh, read that article uh, and definitely watch all the matches if, if you get a chance. They're, they're, none of the matches are like super, super long. They're probably the longest. It's going to be about 30 minutes, but uh, I think you'll be a, a, a better, more, you know, learned wrestling fan by going and watching those matches and understanding, you know, a little bit of that history of, of, of that wrestling style and, and, and how important that wrestling style is to today's wrestling as well. The, I mean, the Young Bucks are, you know, derivatives of that style like for sure like there's absolutely no doubt about it that's where they are uh, you know you know in in in, in you know lineage is you can follow the young bucks and trace the young bucks back to a lot of the stuff you're going to see uh on those shows and on those matches but uh, yeah again uh, voice wrestling.com our 30th anniversary of Michinoku Pro Wrestling. So, uh, Alan, let's get into our top 10 wrestlers of the year so far. Let's do some power rankings here. It is March 16th, but there has been a lot of great wrestling. Uh, we've watched a lot. You've watched a lot. I think fans, you know, people listening in right now have probably watched uh, a lot as well. So at home, hey, make your own list if you'd like to as well. Agree, disagree with anything that we have to say. But uh, yeah, this is an idea that you brought forward to me and, and you know, we're like, ah, it's a little early. I don't know. It might be ridiculous, but it was a lot of fun to do this. And 
I kind of feel like my list might be a little too chalky, but I'm, I'm curious where you're at with your list. But uh, yeah, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go? Do you want to start at 10? Do you want to start at one? Do you want to do your entire list? And I do my entire list. Like, w- I, I think I think going back and forth uh, probably. Okay. Seemed, I, I think that that tends to work the best in terms of building sort of building suspense. And yeah. Okay. at our number one uh, at the same time. But uh, the, the reason. So what to give a bit of background of why I started doing this, like I. I kind of felt I wanted, I, I feel like I have a bit of a new relationship with wrestling coming out of the last couple of years in terms of how much effort slash thought I'm putting into, okay, as, as you know, Rich, I like, for instance, the FSM 50 last year, like I didn't put in a ballot because I just felt I, you know, I a hadn't kept good enough track of, of what I enjoyed and stuff. And B, I just didn't feel I had, I had covered enough ground to um, like I, I I I hold kind of doing something like that to a certain standard and like that's why we had such a good panel because I think everyone on the panel is someone who uh, has a really good um, had a really good feel for pro wrestling in 2022 and had watched a lot of stuff and I just didn't feel like I could add to that so um, but going into this year I was like hoping to kind of it was really when I the, the first couple of weeks of January, like I talked about, when things were kind of encouraging, I was like, okay, you know, things might be a bit fun this year. So I want to try and keep track of things. I'm not going to, I don't have the time or the willpower to update my uh, uh, traditional match of the year tracking list of everything that's essentially a notebook match like like Joe is doing. Like I, I now, now that I broke, I was doing that from 2007 to 2019. And when that broke in 2020, when I broke the habit, it's a hard one to pick back up. So I was like, okay, I want to keep track in some way, shape or form. So what I've been doing is I've basically been, I've been marking down everything that I have as like a four and a half star match. So I am keeping track every month of the matches that I considered four and a half star, which is essentially match high end match of the year candidates. Um, And then I decided that I would do just a very simple exercise of, okay, at the end of each month, what are my power rankings of wrestlers that I've been watching? So at a top 10, and then I would get to move wrestlers up and down throughout the year, wrestlers coming into the top 10, wrestlers falling out, wrestlers moving up spots, wrestlers moving down spots. I just thought it would be an, an interesting, different way of doing it that would keep me engaged and thus far it has been and like yeah it's been a a motivating thing for me to make sure i'm watching stuff and keeping on top of the things that i'm enjoying and uh thankfully there's been as we talked about earlier there's been a lot of things i've been enjoying and this is this list is purely like i make no bones that this is a definitive like these are the 10 best best wrestlers in the world that's not what this is this is the power rankings of how much the 10 wrestlers that I've been enjoying the most at this point in the year throughout the year so far. So it's very biased towards what I've been watching and the, the promotions and stuff that I've been, been enjoying the wrestlers that I've watched the most matches of obviously are going to have an advantage over others. So um, it's, it, it's purely something that if you're interested in my taste and my opinion, then this might be of some value to you. If you're not, and you're just looking for a definitive, um, 
someone who has watched every little thing in the world and can give you a complete and accurate top 10, I'm not that guy. And Rich, I would venture to say you you wouldn't be able to do that either. I'm Probably not, sure not quite that guy. Yeah, Joe Joe's going a wrestling. little bit more than even me. I mean, he he's doing the thing for yeah, Joe's our, going hard uh, on our flagship. Yeah, if, if, you, if you're interested in, in doing that, flagship patreon.com. Uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Uh, Joe's doing his, his notebook roundups where he pretty much tries to watch every <laughs> match that somebody recommends to him uh, in a given unless, month. Unless it's got a, a fallen idol. Or a, <laughs> right, if if a the person meteora. has a tail uh, or there's too many meteoras, then yeah, it's off the list. But uh, no, and, and, and then also doing wrestlers of the month for every one of those months uh, a, a, as well. So that's a great resource if you're like, well, I'm I'm trying to catch up. I want to know what's good. You know, filter as much as you can through me. But yeah, he's he's watching as much as he can. But obviously, it's it's still skewed a little bit where you're like, I, there's not a whole lot of American indie stuff in there. Uh, it tends to be more, you, you know, New Japan, WWE, Rev Pro, Japan, you know, but, but uh, you know, he is watching Big Japan. There was a match from Prestige last month that, that, that he gave, you know, notebook matches to, so our notebook rating to. So, yeah, there is a lot there. So if you're looking for a more complete because, um, yeah, I'm not nearly as yeah, he, he's he's going full masochist there where he's just watching as much as he humanly can. Uh, I, I am not doing that as well. So, yeah, my list is a little bit more of, of my own biases as well, but that's fine. It's my top 10 wrestlers of the year. It's not the definitive objective top 10 wrestlers of the year so far. It's my top 10 and it's your top 10. So that's fine. So you want to do uh, you want to start with your number 10 and I'll give you my number 10. Then afterwards, you can you can lead the charge here. We seem to have lost Alan. I will get him back here in a moment. Just give me one sec. Uh, yeah, I, I will do another plug then for uh, Flash patreon.com uh, February notebook roundup is up. That was up a couple days ago. Uh, Joe giving 45 matches in February. Uh, the notebook four plus star uh, rating. So yeah, just an incredible, incredible month of uh, February. That's after 28 uh, matches in January. So the year to date f- uh, 73, 73 matches that, that reached the notebook. So again, that is a great, great article. Uh, if you're looking to uh, jump in. Also this week, I, I posted the WrestleMania weekend memories uh, about the Zack Sabre Jr. versus Will Ospreay match that is there. Uh, the AEW Dynamite review from this week. Uh, Joe is cranky, so it's a little bit of a cranky uh, review of a very weird Dynamite, which I would agree as well, having watched that. It was a, it was a very strange, strange show, but that uh, that's a little bit of what was going on this week uh, over at FlagshipPatreon.com. Also, the match of the week, uh, Master Blaster versus Brad Armstrong. Uh, and Tim Horner. So a lot of stuff going up there. And I also wrapped up the Canadian Heart Month uh, as well. Talking about Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit. Okay, Alan, are you back? I think I am. Can there you, you go. Me? Yes, I can hear you. You're good. All right, good. Yeah, it was weird. I think it's some kind of power outage or something. It was everything just went off there for like only a few seconds. That's, and then, yeah, that happened to me last yeah. week. Like there's something there's we got a bad mojo with the show. Maybe we should maybe we should cancel it. So uh, it's just because yeah, that never happens here. So yeah, it's something it's definitely coming from the, the voice of wrestling flagship energy. It has to be. Yeah, because that's happened to me last week. Like we were midway through the show and then everything just powered off. And I was like, what the fuck? And that never happens ever and uh, i'm jinxing it. it's going to happen again on this show but again it's never happened before so we'll see if it happens but uh no we are back uh we got Alan again so uh how about you start with your number 10 and then i will give you my number 10 and we'll just go uh, up and down the list from there um oh yeah we're, we're we're doing a cheeky honorable mention we've been allowed one cheeky honorable oh mention. right 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 um so i am going with someone who i watched a match it was the last match i watched before we started recording and uh I loved it, and I want to have this guy in my top 10, but fortunately I'm only able to have 10 people in my top 10, so he's just missing out. And that is the great veteran now that we can call him, the wandering freelancer, Naruki 
doy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drawing houses, man. My boy is drawing houses out there. He is having himself a year, and the match that I watched just wowed, wowed me, knocked the socks off me, was doy versus rising Hayato having the absolute match of his singles match of his career i would say um yesterday in a shinjuku face against doi masterful performance from doi this thing ruled it contains the best bakatari sliding kick i have ever seen oh that's a big Rich. claim the, I, you're, you're, you're are you putting that on record sliding. you're putting, that, putting on that on record on record I don't think uh, Rising Hayato's face would agree with this being the <laughs> best bat, but he only has himself to blame because he's basically not in position early enough, and he turns right into Naruki Doi at full steam, coming with that boot, and oh, he gets destroyed. It's fantastic. But uh, yeah, that match rules. Um, Doi is amazing. Doi has been having a great year in... That, that's from matches. all japan right that was the all japan yeah. show all japan yesterday yes so doi i really wanted to get in here but i wasn't able to all right do you, do you want me to give me uh, do you want me to give you my cheeky number 11 yeah please do all right so so i i have been watching the zero one obviously this year and i, I thought i was just gonna watch my one zero one and then i was gonna be out because normally like zero one it's like all right well i'll see you guys in you know august or whatever when the next zero one show uh, pops up and then I was perusing things and I saw the zero one 22nd anniversary the uh, less celebrated 22nd anniversary of one uh, zero one and I just want to shout out a guy that every time that I watch him I, he's not really my number 11 it's a cheeky pick but Fuminori Abe I just I oh just had him in Germany at the weekend it was it did he awesome. rule oh he's he's always he's always amazing Abe I is crazy yeah, so I, I always had this thing, and I talked about it when we reviewed the Zero One show in the beginning of the year. Every time he comes out, I'm like, eh, here we go, Fenori Abe. Like, for some reason, I think that I hate him, but then I watch him wrestle, and I'm like, that guy fucking rocks. Like, why do I say that I hate him? And then I forget again, and then like six months go by, and I don't see him again, and then I'm like, ah, here we go, Fenori Abe, here, uh, here we go. And then I'm always like, at the end of the match, like, yeah, that guy's really good. I don't know why I don't like him. Uh, I've now decided 2023 is the year that I am going to start respecting and knowing that I enjoy him and remembering that I remember him. So that is why he is my cheeky number 11 uh, uh there but yeah i guess we'll talk about him a little bit later then too with uh, the 16 carat but uh yeah every time i see this guy i'm like he fucking rocks like I, I should watch and respect him a little bit more so he is my my very cheeky extremely cheeky uh number 11 and uh i, I can't believe that he's only 28 years old because that man looks like he's like 39 <laughs> he wrestles you like know, he's 39 but that's he's that's apparently a uh, practicing uh, buddhist monk on the side incredible wow yeah yeah, but uh, in case I forget to in case I forget to mention it later, um, Rich, you're gonna need to watch his match from night three of sixteen carat because okay, there's it down a right traditional now. a traditional match every sixteen carat the semi main event of uh, um, the final night. So right before the final goes on, they have what they call party catch catch being the the German for uh, for wrestling and party catch is basically your crazy um, all out spot fest style match. Um, it's really taken on a lucha flavor in recent years as kind of luchadors have become in vogue in the the U.S. Indies. And uh, so you have um, names such as Commander, Ares, Trey Miguel, uh, a couple of European guys, uh, Aguil Blanc and Sensivalto, uh, who are great flyers 
in this match six-man tag and the sixth man involved in this crazy lucha spot fest is fuminori (laughs) yes and he is just as amazing as you would expect playing into the fish out of water scenario that he finds himself in yeah the bell rings and he looks around he's like "Uh oh i don't belong here at all like what is going on here it's so much fun it is absolutely awesome the guy is amazing um yeah he he is so good and oh my god rich did you see that pre-show match on the all-star junior festival yes how good was he at that? that's that it's that and then i watched the 22nd anniversary one and 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 he was in a tag match on that show and I don't watch DDT like I I just I don't but I maybe need to start watching at least Abe DDT matches. Uh, I'm definitely I wrote down the 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 uh, 16 carats so once that's available to, to, to watch definitely gonna watch that one. But yeah, that all-star junior pre-show match like that was that was one of the reasons that I was like, dude, th- I, I, I went into the match being like, no, I remember that I like this guy. So I'm going to like this and the match is great. That is that one of my favorite matches of the entire junior festival was that pre-show match with Abe and he's he rocks. He is just yeah. I, I need Ke- I need to give him the Kevin love Kelly. Hearing Kevin Kelly react to him, like <laughs> probably he was just Kevin Kelly. So many guys, like one of my favorite things about that show was Kevin Kelly just seeing guys he'd never seen before and either sort of semi burying them or just being like super impressed and just reacting off the cuff. And and uh, he was definitely wowed by Abe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the astronauts, I love them, too. So it's like, I don't know why I, I just for some reason, I just have this thing with it. It's because he works in a lot of the promotions that I think are like ultra scuzzy. So I'm like, Ugh, here we go. Here's another scuzzer. But he's not. He's, he's a step above. He's got the, the the line in his hair. He, you know, no, no, no. He, he is a, a true renaissance man. Fuminori Abe. So he is my, my ch- very cheeky number 11. Your, your true renaissance man uh, the day before um carrot kicked off was walking through the streets of gelsenkirchen and he posted a tweet about how he had found his lucky charm for the weekend and it was a used condom on the street (laughs) well why do you think i have the thought that i have about this guy like ah here he comes in and it's like he is but he's he's a step above the your 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 normal indie scuzzer but uh yeah that's perfect a used german condom is what (laughs) is gonna inspire him throughout the weekend so incredible yeah that that, if that doesn't wrap up for in the perfect way possible there, there there is no better way so okay so my official number 10 is uh my highest dragon gate uh rep on this uh list i think he's been the standout performer so far in dragon gate this year it is Madoka Kakuda, the big, the big hip man. Himself. Yeah, the big butt. You like big butts, and you can't lie. I love it. Uh, it's just yeah, had a great, great rated Paris tag league. Uh, got to the final, won it, and then had a great uh, open twin gate match with KZ and and uh, big boss Shimizu. Um, he's just looked good every time I've seen him, and he's had a couple of really high end matches. Like he's had a couple of the best matches in Dragon Gate this year, so. Um, He's been my standout guy. I think they're they're definitely setting him up for maybe a maybe a Dreamgate match coming up soon. Um, I have to listen to to open the voice gate from yesterday to to really uh, to really form my uh, uh, knowledge on uh, where they're going because Case and Mike have their finger on the pulse better than I do these days. So uh, I'll listen to that and I'll know for sure. What Hopefully, blowing. 
Yeah, the problem with I mean, if if people don't remember, like he he they had built him up for that match, and then he has you know that Dreamgate match, and then like seconds into the match, he has an injury. Oh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. it's it was like the most devastating thing I've ever seen in a wrestling show, where it's like this guy's been they've been building it up and building it up and building it up, and it felt like the right time. Like I don't think he was going to win, and I don't think anybody thought he was going to win, you know, the, the title or whatever. Well, was, but it was he was he was only six months into his career. Or yeah, maybe right. And it was months. like here's this hotshot superstar or whatever, and he goes into the match. And he starts out and he does like one spot in his shoulder, like completely gives out or whatever. Wasn't it the shoulder? I forget what it, the yeah. injury was. It was yeah, something it was like that. He, he takes a spot and his shoulder just goes out and it's like, fuck. And they have to end the match immediately. And then the guy's just gone for like months on end. And it's like, oh, my was God, and go whether he'd even be able to come back. Yeah. Like how devastating is that? So it's 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 fun to see. And he's a guy that like I've always saw it with him. Like there, a lot of these younger guys like. I think there's a lot of potential with a lot of the dragging it young guys, but I'm with you that Kakuda is it, to me has been like the one that it's like this dude. He just exudes. He's got that star energy that a lot of the other guys like it takes a little while for a lot of these these dragging it guys. And like, obviously, they're, they're put in prominent spots, you know, very early on in their career. So, it te- you know, you can't judge a book, you know, by it, it you know, immediately. If you judge a dragging it guy by his first year, like that's not fair to do at all because these guys are very, very early in their careers. But Kakuda always felt like a guy who, who had a little bit more energy or a little bit more of the it factor. Uh, and yeah, you're starting to see that build up again uh, well, here. He's got so size as well, yeah. which is a thing that makes him stand out. Um, but and the unique wrestling style too. I mean, the guy turns around and you know puts that big badonka dunk in the guy, and the, the crowd goes nuts. They love the ass. Like the crowd is just like, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's just like they've done a really good job of making that his gimmick or whatever. And it's it's yeah, it's. And he's- He's got that big rolling lariat, which is a great, a great match for, or a great move for like a big finishing stretch. Like he, it, the one he pulled out on BB Hulk in the first night of the tournament was unreal timing. It looked so good. Um, but yeah, he's like when he came back from the injury, it was real up and down for. Yeah, a it wasn't and there. Then, when he got when he got hooked up with D Courage and it was he was originally just an assistant and they were like, Well, he's not a full time member and then he was so good so quickly and, and he wins the twin gate with Dragon Daya and then they're like, Hey, you're you should be a, a real member of this team with the two of us, not just an assistant. And since the calendar turned into twenty twenty three, he has just been incredible. And uh yeah. He's to me, he's the standout performer in Dragon Gate this year. It's a great number 10. Uh, my number 10, I'm uh, going to go to the world of stardom as well. This is my only representative from from this Joshi world and the stardom world. Uh, Julia, I don't know how much you've watched of, of her this year or the last couple of years, but uh, she has ascended into like one of the most well-rounded wrestlers in the world. I mean, she can just do it all. Like she can brawl, she can work and she just carries herself more than anything. She just carries herself like an absolute star, like just an absolute yep. superstar, just that energy when she walks into the room and the shoulders are up and the heads up. And it's just like, yeah, that that's a star. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a capital S star right there. I mean, just carries herself with such just, Oh my, just energy of just like, I'm a fucking superstar and you all, I know I am. And you all know I am. And yeah, it just, it, it carries on a different feel uh, when she wrestles, but the, 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 the actual wrestling is kind of, coming together uh, for her as well. She can do it all. She can she can she can work, you know, work. She can brawl. She can fly a little bit if you need her to like she can just kind of do everything and 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 really just more of the end. It's just when she comes out, it's like it's a big time match. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this means business. This is a match that matters. This is an important match because she's in this and that she's ascended to that level in, in, in stardom right now. Yeah, she's she's excellent. I've I've I think I've only seen one of her matches from this year so far. It was the it was a February show, I think. Um, it was I was the main event of the the show that had 
uh, Chihiro Hashimoto versus Mirai, which I, I read that was my favorite starter match I've seen this year. Um, I haven't seen a ton. Um, I, I decided to kind of take a break from stardom for a while because I tried to really keep up with it and watch everything. And yeah, that's the uh, 12th pandemic. anniversary show for not to interrupt. Uh, that is February. If people want to watch February 4th, uh, 12th anniversary Supreme Fight 2023. And that's uh, Julia versus uh, uh, Suzu Suzuki. That was the main event. That's yeah, that match rocks. Because I wanted to see Suzuki because I didn't see her last year and she uh, did very well in the FSM 50. Uh, we had a couple of people with ballots to put her very high and and just a lot of people think highly of her. So I was interested in that match. It was it was pretty good, but a lot of stardom. So I I I gave myself a break from stardom for a while because I was trying to watch probably too much of it and it kind of I got burnt out on it because during the era of the restrictions like. Like they, they, it was a bit like watching New Japan, and they were having these kind of a lot of the main events are these kind of big epics and stuff. And when the, just the limitations on the crowd, it was just like it was. They were kind of meaty. You'd be looking at these show files that were like like four and a half hours long or whatever, and there's a lot of meat to it. You know, it would be a real. It would take up a lot of time if you wanted to watch a full start and big show or whatever. So um, I tried to probably watch more than I should have, and it burnt me out. Um, I like a lot of their wrestlers, but I, um, yeah, I it, it doesn't always land with me, and sometimes it does, and sometimes and Julia is is a great example of that. Sometimes her big matches land with me, sometimes they don't. Um, uh, but regardless, every time she absolutely comes off like a superstar like you said uh she is a um she's someone that like you said she owns she owns the room when she walks out with her entrance she she always puts a ton of you you're notoriously rich crate you are you are an effort guy uh, right? thank you so thank you, you not a body guy an effort guy thank you you're not a body guy you're an effort guy and who puts more effort into their their look and their appearance, having different outfits, constantly refreshing their look than than Julia? Like she she seems to have like a different uh, vibe or theme to her appearance. Like every time I see her, which is um, I don't know maybe she just gets bored easily. But yeah, no, I, I and and you know when they shaved her head a couple of years ago, I've the time I've lost track of time. I think it was like two years ago or whatever. Maybe it was a year ago, or whatever. It was it, to me. It kind of it was. It felt kind of like a test, a little bit of like, all right, let's see. Are you actually? And she just owned that she too. Made that look cool. Yeah, she yeah. made it fucking incredible. And it was like, oh, this is she's just a superstar. Like no matter what you do to, like no matter what look she has, no matter what she's donning, like there's, it, it's her. It's not a look. It's not the hair. It's not the gear. It's not. It's just her. She's that good. And that 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 to me was the moment where it was like, oh, okay. Like the, she's she's a star. She's a star with the capital S there because you know, loses all of her hair and it's like, well, no, I'm just going to make that work and, and make it awesome and, and, and make that look just incredible too. So yeah, she just has, she has that it factor for sure. And, and, and definitely someone to keep an eye on. Uh, you obviously new Japan sees the tremendous value in her as well, uh, with the relationship between stardom and new Japan. So there, there's going to be, uh, I, I see a, a Julia Mercedes match happening sometime in the very near future. And that is going to be, that's going to be a thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there's similarities with them in style, and that they're both like super scrappy, and yeah. and they have similar builds, and and you know, I I could totally see that being a a really complimentary match, but uh, yeah, um, I suppose I'll move on to my uh, number nine, and we have a guy who has slipped down my rankings, um, just through uh, 
lack of activity in the last few weeks, but he was very active in January. I had him at number two at the end of January. He slipped down to number four at the end of February, and now he is currently down at nine, so he's just hanging on to the top ten based off the strength of his work earlier in the year. It is Darby Allen. Um, I don't think I need to tell anyone about the great matches Darby Allen's been having on AEW Dynamite cause, and Rampage because everyone probably saw them. They were awesome. And Darby rocks. Yeah, it, it, he, he's a guy that I still think that AEW should be doing more with the guy. And like, I know that they know that they have an asset in Darby. And I just don't know if everybody knows quite what an asset that guy is because I, I just think he's like just fucking awesome. Like he, he he's so, so good. And, and, and there's going to come a time where it's, it's going to be undeniable. That guy has to be like one of your top, top dudes. But uh, I don't know. Maybe well, this week, this week may have been a good gone. start for it. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a lot for wrestling. That's the vibe I get. I don't have any inside scoops or anything. It's just, you know, the way he talks and his, like, I, I think he's here for uh, a memorable time, not a long time. Yeah. And, um, you're probably right. Yeah. I, I think uh, they're, they're going to do different things that, intrigue him and interest him and like that TNT title run was a, a pretty unique deal like of this guy that you know wins this title like he had won it originally and had this memorable reign and says he hasn't been the same since he since he lost that and he, he wants that again and but the only problem is the champion is this absolute beast called Samoa Joe and he manages to find a way to beat Samoa Joe after already getting destroyed by him and then after getting destroyed by him again in winning the title, he proceeds to basically defend it every week or twice a week if he does Rampage as well. Like he had that incredible Mike Bennett match, a really good Juice Robinson match because we're on Rampage. And he's just, every match, he's just getting destroyed. Different injuries coming away from each match. And they're just like, but he keeps finding ways to win. And it's, it was just this really memorable run of this guy just going absolutely crazy for a few week period and his first TNT title run was pretty long um this one was short but intense is the best way I'd describe it and uh even in losing it he had another insane match with Joe so um he's been on the on the bench since then but I think we're gearing up to do something again with him now and then Eventually, I think we're going to see something with him and Sting, which is uh, maybe it'll be both their retirements. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who would, have, who would have thought? But um, yeah, maybe Sting outlasts Darby. Maybe maybe it's Sting wrestling Darby's retirement match as opposed to Darby wrestling. Sting. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Sting feels eternal. Like yeah, it, it feels like there's never going to feel like the right time for him to actually retire. Uh, and 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 yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. There, there's. There's a less than zero chance that Darby, a much more less than zero chance that Darby retires before Sting actually retires too, which is uh, is pretty wild. So uh, my number nine, I'm uh, going to go to the world of processing Noah here, and it's Kaito Kiyomiya, who uh, had a great match with Kano on uh, January 1st. Uh, and then I, again, like 
he got eaten alive in this match, but I thought he played his role well. So it's like weird. to. I, I still want to credit him for this match because it's like it still does count. But the match with Okada was fucking tremendous. Like I now, love the match. now, like, yeah, he got eaten alive and destroyed. But like there was a lot of the match where he was playing his role perfectly. And that that's part of wrestling. You know what I mean? Playing that 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 second role is also part of it. And it takes two to tango and two, you know, two, two to, you know, have a great match or whatever. So, no, I, I, I do think I want to give him credit for that Okada match as well. But uh, I think Kiyomi has done enough in the early part of the year to uh to get an inclusion on this list so i put him at number nine for me you know i think he deserves credit because that little shitbag kick that he did a couple of weeks before that match i think that was a big uh fuse lighter in this what we talked about earlier of japanese wrestling having this renewed buzz this year i think i think that kick was a moment that you know things were like whoa it's on in Japan. <laughs> right. And that, that, that level of hatred that we haven't had in just a long yeah. time. Like that was yeah. a throwback, man, to like the old, old, old days where it was like these guys would do these interpromotional things, but they didn't like each other. You know what I mean, like they would do it. They would do it because they had to do it for business, but they still fucking hated each other. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, they went in there and they maybe took liberties with the other guy. Yeah, it, it, it was a really old school thing. And yeah, it, it, it he, we, he, we saw more out of Kiyomiya in that moment and in that little bit of time that we saw for him for for years so uh no i think he's had a standout year uh thus far and 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 yeah we'll see if the rest of the year carries on like that but i think he's had a lot of good stuff so far uh in 2023 yeah the problem with me with kiyomi is that i'm not hugely interested in what they got going on in noah at the moment so um yeah and the him and jake lee coming off uh, him versus jack morris is and uh, that's harsh because I've like literally I don't think I've seen a Jack Morris match yet, but it just the and I understand he he's been people have enjoyed him, but uh yeah, I I know as to one promotion that when I do watch it it doesn't feel like it has that you know, that energy yeah. there to it. And it I think that's the booking and the shooting themselves in the foot that they did um in most of twenty twenty two. I think that's the uh, the chickens are coming home to roost a bit for them, especially now that Mudo's gone, so they don't have that um, thing propping them up. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of reaction Jake Lee and, and Kiyomiya gets. If I hear that that match has a good atmosphere and it's a really good match and they do good business, I will give that a shot. But until I hear that about something in Noah, I am going to kind of keep Noah parked on my sidelines but i did really enjoy the okada match that was pretty good all right so we'll move on to your number eight now i had to get a cml guy in here and all through the year stuka jr has been my cml guy but he has been quiet the last few weeks and he has slipped to the list and the man who has taken his spot as my cml rep is someone who I had pretty much no familiarity with before this year. And he has become one of my favorite luchadors of the past. Oh, I don't know how long. This guy rules Rich. I, I I just saw him as a generic. I just thought he was some generic guy. I didn't know anything about him. And now he is a favorite. He is Templario. Where this guy has come from... I know nothing about his background. I don't know nothing about him, but he has been my MVP of CMLL so far this year. I think he rules. He's worked kind of 
he kind of works like a tweener. Like sometimes he's kind of a bit of a sympathetic baby face. Other times he's a bit of a ass kicking heel. He can base, he can fly, he could do it all. He looked great on Fantastic Mania tour. He's looked great in Arena Mexico. He's my favorite guy right now in CMLL. I love the Templario. I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I have another CMLL guy that's going to come up. He's fifth on my list. It is not Templario, but Templario is awesome. Uh, I have another guy that that has stood out for me. Similar vibe where I was just like, I didn't think that this guy was like this kind of dude. And then like this year, he's been incredible. But yeah, CMLL, uh, we've talked about it in the flagship here for for listeners. Of the flagship know about this. But uh, yeah, if you have not checked in on CMLL this year, you got to do it. The talent is there. Uh, the access is, is is there. I mean, it's available on YouTube. A lot of the, the big time stuff. Uh, they have a big show coming up this weekend as well. Uh, they are firing on all cylinders in terms of stories are good. The wrestling is good. They had a great fantastic mania. You got to watch CMLL. Like you, you just have to you, like drop something from you. If you're like, I don't have time. I got no, no, no. Drop something and add CMLL because they are doing some incredible special stuff and you don't want to miss out on it. That, that's the best I could say about it. Uh, I'll have a little bit more to say on number five with my guy, but uh, yeah, to your point, Templario rocks, watch CMLL. That's that's all I could say. Yeah, and he, he has a four and a half star match on my books this year. It's from Fantastic Mania. You and Joe talked about it. It is the, uh, the six-man tag from before the Cork and Hall shows. It's uh, Mystico, Soberano, and Desperado against Hechicero, Doki, and Templario. So, um, yeah, that thing ruled. And uh, he also had a really uh, good singles match with... Uh, Soberano in early January in Arena Mexico. So yeah, he's he's fantastic. Yep, you're doing a good job of mentioning um, the guy that's going to be number five for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned there. So we'll get to him uh, in a bit. My number eight is uh, Shingo Takagi. He had the match against Okada uh, in February that I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love. That was like the unlocking of, a, you know, absolute dickhead Okada. Uh, obviously, the Kiyomiya match was was the beginning of absolute dickhead Okada. But then the Shingo match was like, no, nah, this guy's a fucking asshole. And I love it. Uh, and then I loved, loved, loved Shingo versus Nakajima from the, uh, the Noah yes. New Japan show. So I, I was, was like, cheer- I was cheering you on when you were saying you really liked that when Thank Joe you. didn't like it that much. I was like, oh, I was like, did I did I watch a different match? Thank you. Joe? Thank you. I thought that thing ruled. And oh, it was so good. And honestly, I I think I'm in the minority on this. I know I'm like the low man on on the uh Okada match, but I preferred Shingo Nakajima to Shingo Okada. It's uh I just thought it was I, I think it's because I I don't know like oh there were things about Shingo Okada which were like different to the norm for an Okada match but I don't know it was still I still found it to be quite kind of Okada pattern right you've seen it, that match it, it had I've a different seen, vibe but you've seen that match before yeah I've just seen like all the big Okada matches like literally all of them so you know um someone who's maybe newer to Okada is going to still get more out of them than than I do um, I am encouraged by some of the stuff I've seen from him outside of that match this year like the Kiyomi match um, but anyway sorry that's more talking about Okada Shingo the Nakajima match, yeah, that is that felt different. It felt fresh. Um, I really just loved the way Nakajima had Shingo's number in the match and was just picking him apart with strikes and destroying his ribs and midsection. And Shingo 
couldn't breathe right. His selling was like Shingo does not get enough credit for how well he sells when he wants to get across a story in a match. Yeah. Um, he was just great at that there. Uh, he was um, like basically on the strength of that match. He was uh, prominent in my, in my top 10 for um, the end of January and the end of February, but he has fallen out now. He's, he's no longer in there, but I have no doubt he'll probably get back up and he'll be a fixture of my my power rankings for various points throughout the year yes there you go shingo takagi is my number eight all right you're number seven alan number seven okay so i have a incredibly consistent fun television performer here i have orange cassidy uh the international champion now for ah, yes the new champion yeah new 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 name thoughts on the name the all-atlantic is is no more it's now international um, I know it's fine. I don't yeah. get them up too much. I of don't these care either. I had, got, <laughs> I, I had gotten used to all Atlantic, so I'm probably going to like keep calling it all Atlantic for like a year until I get used to uh, international. But uh, yeah, um, I thought it was really, um, I had no idea about this movie or what was going on last week when they did that video package. I was like, what is this? What are we talking about? Why is, th- what's this? really weird video package but then it kind of all made sense and um yeah i thought him and uh i i i sense I, i've listened to like the first 15 minutes of joe's tv reviews he seems to be building up to the fact that he didn't like that match maybe i'm wrong but i i did like that match so i don't know what the consensus has been on it um i've liked pretty much all of orange cassidy's tv stuff uh this year um, I loved the Wheeler Yuta match from a couple of weeks ago. I thought that was really, really good. And um, yeah, I, I, I just think he's like I was like a higher man on the potential of Orange Cassidy in AEW than I think you guys were. Um, but I didn't expect him to have the staying power and just the ability to wrestle as much as he has and, and, and keep things feeling fresh while still staying within like a, a pretty, um, like he's still staying true to kind of what he is. And it's the same kind of spots that he builds to the mousetrap, the orange punch. It's like, he just finds different creative ways to, build around them in the context of his matches and and uh yeah he's he's just been he's just been great a real enjoyable part of aw to me and he's he's on a really good run right now like darby was during the year i actually put up a poll i should check in on this i put up a poll last night on twitter over um uh seeing uh if people prefer darby's tnt title run or um Orange Cassidy's uh, All Atlantic run so far this year, and let's see live results. With twelve hours left, we have one hundred and six votes, and fifty-two point eight percent have chosen Darby. Forty-seven point two have chosen Orange Cassidy. So very much even Stevens there. So uh, yeah, uh, that's that's Orange Cassidy for me. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Yeah, the, the the fact that he's been able to stay fresh doing like a lot of this similar, like he does a lot of similar things, but he does it in different unique ways that makes it like he shouldn't, you should be bored to tears about Orange Cat. You know what I mean? Like a, a lesser performer, you'd be so annoyed of like, ah, oh, here we go. Here comes the low kicks or whatever. But there's something about Orange that he's just that good at it. It's like, you know what I mean? Like good, truly good comedy wrestlers, truly good guys that can be funny wrestlers are, are, are a different level than other people that try to be funny then, you know, end up just not, you know, falling on their face and just doing the same routine over and over and over again. And and once you've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times. Orange is not that way. So uh, that, that, that's a good pull right there. Uh, my number seven is also from AEW. Uh, MJF, uh, when you have a good, as good of a match as that Iron Man match was, I got to put you in here. And that was one of my favorite. I mean, that is like a top, top, top tier match uh, for me of all time. You add in the Takashita, the, the, the Takeshita match, I should say, uh, for good measure. I mean, that was a real, I mean, Brian Danielson had a better one. We're going to talk about Brian Danielson here in a little bit. Uh, but MJF, you have the Iron Man, you have the Takeshita match. That's enough for me to get in there. Uh, the top 10. So, you know, one, one half of that Iron Man and just being as masterful as he was in that match. You know, he belongs here in my top 10. Yeah, I I can't argue that. I I think if if there wasn't such a competition, I would be like easily putting MJF into my top ten. But because there's other guys I want to get in, I feel it's easy to give myself the excuse of oh he's only had two matches, so I can't put him in yet. So my my rule that I'm going to apply with MJF this year is I will not add him to my power rankings until he has had a whopping five matches. This year. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's he, fair. And that, that might the five take you till August or whatever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's 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 unique. It's it's we haven't seen this, Rich, in God, when was the last time we had what as he calls it a special attraction? I suppose Brock in a way, but it was like he's for someone who's so still new in their career to be like this, like he's still in his mid twenties and, and he's like, he's a guy that you don't get to see wrestle very often. And you're, whenever he does, he, his hit rate is just so high. Now he kills it every time. So it's like, it leaves you wanting to, to watch him more. And I guess that's the idea. And um, yeah, I, I thought the, the matches he had with uh, Wheeler Yuta and Ricky Starks and kind of the back end of, of 2022 were phenomenal and showed how, how much he'd been improving. And uh, that's been solidified with what we've seen this year. And the Danielson matches, it is my match of the year so far. Um, I would have it pipping Osprey and Kenny uh, just by a hair. Um, but yeah, it's going to take some serious beating. And I I think MJF will probably have a couple matches this year that we talk about in the same in the same breath. If even if it doesn't reach just as high of the level as as this Iron Man match does, but uh, yeah, he is he has looked fantastic when we've had the privilege of seeing. <laughs> right, right, yeah. They've now they've now baked that into his story too that the man just doesn't wrestle. So it's it's it's. 
it's interesting. But yeah, that, that that's fair. That is absolutely fair to uh to 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 give him five matches. Then then you could put him on that list. But uh, all right, your uh, number six, right? We're up to number six. Yeah, who's your number yeah. six? Well, I just mentioned a match there, and this is one where the guy is getting in. Um, very much on the strength of, of this one match, but a couple of others too. Uh, it is Will Ospreay. Um, obviously, Ospreay and Kenny, but also the Tai Chi match and uh, some of the other bits and bobs I've seen him do this year where he's just been like... it's. It, I haven't watched as much Ospreay as, as Joe has, or I don't think I've seen as much as you have, Rich. Um, I, haven't, I haven't been watching uh, the stuff he's done in, in the UK. Um, but like yeah it's it's osprey it's like he does what he does and it's really good he is tremendous um and it's to me it's undeniable for yeah just how good the guy is in in, in the ring um and like that performance against kenny was just it really was excellent and in i'm obviously damn playing it like i i can't how can you speak upon that match or about that match without downplaying it because like there aren't enough superlatives <laughs> no it, it, it's it's a one-of-one match in in, in like wrestling like history the, the tai chi match his performance in that thing was so good too and uh i haven't seen the mark davis match yet but i've heard that's very yeah. good mm-hmm. um hopefully the it's so good because he blows serious. his shoulder out like halfway through and still it's still great oh, he gets hurt. <laughs> like, yeah he and it's still good afterwards in that match oh wow okay. yeah um, you'll see it it'll it'll be very obvious when it happens and then you'll be even more impressed that he not only finishes the match but it stays good like it, it, it's not like it completely falls apart and they got to go home right away like it's still fine and you're like oh i guess it wasn't as bad and then they're like no he's out for you know who knows how long now uh, at that point hopefully not for too too long because yeah he's doing some special stuff this year yeah, I'm sure he'll come up on your list. Too, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll a little bit later. I'll mention uh, Will and and the stuff about him. But uh, it, well, hey, my number six. You mentioned him before a match he had against Will Ospreay this year. It's Kenny Omega, who uh, is the, one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. Because like <laughs> I say that, like you're probably listening, going rich. Like it's Kenny Omega. We, but like I don't think we quite appreciate how good he is because. This year, I've ranked him six. I'm underrating him. I'm rating him sixth. He had the match against Osprey, the trio stuff against the House of Black that he's had over the last couple of weeks, the final stages of the best of seven series. Yes, that also happened this year. What we just saw this week on Dynamite. Like, we don't appreciate Kenny Omega enough. I don't appreciate him enough, but he is, I put quietly putting together another stellar year, which is unbelievable that I'm saying quietly because it's just like every time he goes out there, you just know what you're going to get from him, and, and the consistency is just on another level at this point. And I think it's become so consistently great that like, we just kind of forget about him and it just becomes commonplace. Oh yeah. Kenny Omega had a great match. Okay. Cool. Whatever. And we move on with our lives. But like, I don't think we quite appreciate how good he has been this year. Well, this works out nicely because he's my number five. Perfect. Uh, well, he's right into uh, there. I, I, I oh, everything you mentioned there at the final, the, the ladder match, uh, the, the Osprey match, the house black matches. Um, and, also what I would really point to is one of my favorite things Kenny has done this year is that finishing sequence him and AOR Fox had in the 
the the top flight match didn't involve basketballs. I know you're a big basketball. Fan, <laughs> no, that match stunk. No, no, I like basketball. That was, uh, <laughs> I didn't need that match. That match was yeah, annoying on all levels. That, that match was very annoying, but the original match was great, and it was mainly great because of the closing stretch between Fox and Kenny, which was off the charts and kept you guessing, even if you have been watching these two guys for 15 20 years like we have and uh still they had us biting on near falls and jumping off our couch and yeah just great work at, at the end of that match from those two guys kenny is a you know kenny feels a bit like mjf and that he's a bit of like an attraction nowadays it's like especially because he's missed so much time with injury and stuff and now when kenny's out there it feels like you know there's so many guys he hasn't really got to to hook it up with it to any great degree and that was really evident in the the match this week where there was like a bunch of guys on the two teams opposite where it's like oh i want to see more of kenny with this person or that person like how cool would a kenny versus daniel garcia singles match be you know um so there's a lot that they can still do with kenny who knows what condition his body's in the guy is like oh perpetually working every time he opens his mouth or writes something you you literally cannot be sure it doesn't stop everybody for from deciding every time that kenny we should know better but uh, most people do not know better so yeah every time he says something they go oh my god he said this and he said that and even if it's not like even if it's not like oh he's purposely trying to um work people or even if it's not like a situation like that where obviously most situations it is that kind of thing but there are times where it's just like kenny's kind of a a unique dude and he'll just kind of talk in ways and use words in ways that are just i don't know yeah he's a, a hard guy to take literally Right. He doesn't speak in like absolutes. He's just kind of like whatever he's saying, he's just kind of saying it's like, you know, uh, a stream of consciousness sometimes that he says, but then people will I just hone in on every single word and every single thing and go, oh, my God, he said this and he said that. And it's like you shouldn't not take him serious, but you should understand who's delivering the message. And then maybe it'll be a little bit easier to interpret what he's saying. Yeah, so I I hope we still get a lot of great stuff from Kenny this year. I hope he is in good condition to to do so, and because there's a lot of there's like a whole Takeshita story arc yeah. there mm-hmm. to be had, and God, think of how amazing those matches could be. Like, oh, imagine a singles match between those two. Like, imagine if we get a full on, um. Uh, feud with the Blackpool Combat Club that was teased at the end of Dynamite. Like, imagine the Kenny and Claudio exchanges harkening back to Ring of Honor in 2008. Let's do it. Like, I am all in on Kenny versus Claudio in any <laughs> yeah. shape or form. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I, I would love nothing more than to see enough Kenny stuff this year that I can have him as one of my... Um, top contenders for the very top of this list when it comes to the end of the year. Uh, so my number five, uh, you mentioned him a little bit earlier when you're talking about the CMLL guys, and it's Soberano Jr. is the guy to me uh, who has stood out head and shoulders above most of the other guys uh, in CMLL. And, and that's nothing against the other guys in, in, in the company. But for some reason, like you, you mentioned Templario, who was just like, it worked for you. Soberano Jr. is that guy for me where I'm just like, man, like and I, and I kind of knew that he was talented for a while, but 
something about this he year. Has a swagger. Yeah, a swagger there's something about him now, man. That's just like, hold on a minute, this guy. He just he's grabbing my attention, and I'm like, yeah. If you if you notice, my top ten list is also guys that just exude. Like it's maybe not just always like the in ring output, but also just like these guys feel like they own a room. They feel like stars or whatever. That that's that's you know a bigger reason why Julio is you know my number ten, and, and a bigger reason why Soberano Jr. too, because yeah, he just comes out and he's just he's just owning rooms right now, and 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 I thought he was the standout of Triple Mania for me, uh, and the standout of a lot of the other CML Fantastic stuff that Mania. I've seen, or Fantastic Mania. What did I say? Triple Mania. No, that, that, nothing stands out from Triple Mania. <laughs> I'm not watching any of the the real except Triple when, Manias or the fake Triple Manias this year. I'm done. When Vampiro farts. On yeah, yeah, that's the only thing I, I remember uh, about those. But uh, no, yeah, the Fantastic Mania. He was the standout for me. Uh, the match with Teton uh, was, I think, my favorite match of the entire uh, tour. And then he came back the next night and had that match with Hechicero that that I loved as well. So I was like, man. And then, uh, you know, I watched these out of order. And then I was like, all right, I got time. Let me watch this 20, the show on the 26th or whatever. And that's when I then saw the match that you were talking about, the Dookie, uh, Hechicero, Templario versus Desperado, Mystico, and Sobrano Jr. And that match is fucking spectacular and i'm like god damn this guy's doing it again and and uh and there is a templaro match a templario match from january i want to say it's like the third or fourth or six yeah it's very or early in the I, I forget when it is but that's another match that i wrote down as like yes 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 this is good and that was one of the first ones when people were like just watch like whatever you can find watch singles matches from cmll like watch the lightning matches if that's what your vibe is and, and you'll find ones that you like and that was one of the first ones that i i saw in my rewatching of you know or, or, or trying to catch up with CMLL and I was like whoa hold on a minute and it spoke to exactly what you said Templario I was like whoa I never thought anything of this guy and then I was like Soberano Jr. I'm like holy crap and then yeah this year has just continued uh, for Soberano to really stand out for me so yeah he's number five on my list potential quick sidebar do you have any other CMLL guys here um I don't have any more in my top 10 no okay so then what I want to do is just quickly get your opinion on a name that I think Case Low, the aforementioned Case Low, will be uh, devastated that we haven't included because I know he thinks extremely highly of this wrestler and he has them as in the running for um, wrestler of the year so far. Uh, that is Mystico. Rich, I pose the question to you because I cannot figure this out for the life of me. Is Mystico the best bad wrestler ever? or the worst good wrestler ever. Oh, wow. 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 That is a hell of a question. I, you know, as you were mentioning that, I think I'm on the best bad wrestler ever. Cause he's not good, but he also rocks <laughs> that. I think that's where I'm going to go. I think that's where I'm like, as okay. you were mentioning it, I was like, I don't really like mystical, but God damn, that guy carries himself. Like I said, this, like my top 10 was a lot of dudes that like carry themselves like superstars. Oh. And that guy carries himself like he is the number one superstar in professional wrestling. And you kind of have to buy into it because the guy just exudes like I'm the fucking man and this is my world. And then you're like, all right, yeah, this is your world, man. And then like eh, his matches are fine. Like They never really stand out to me all that much. Uh, No, I I, that's interesting how you pose that question. But I believe I am going to plant my flag in. He is the best worst wrestler ever or the the best bad wrestler ever. However, you pose that question. Yeah, I think I I feel I feel the same um, because he's like he does so like I I think he's a bad wrestler in the sense that he does so many things that are like bad for a wrestler like he'll take a move and he'll just completely not sell it but not in a firing up no selling kind of way that adds to the story he'll just not register it because he's like thinking of what he's going to do next or whatever 
it's like just these ran- these random weird things that he uh, uh, that you'll see in his matches where it's like what planet is this guy on <laughs> right? kind of he kind of stinks but he's also yeah he's, at the same time it's also like so much fun and yeah it's like and he does things that like look so cool as well um and sometimes stuff doesn't get strung together in the way that makes a lot of sense there's not much flow or structure but at the same time it's just this wild ride that's a, a lot of fun and and the, the big thing is he's got such a huge audience connection and he's such a star to the audience that there's always such heat yeah and he's getting such reactions that yeah um like he he has he has some great output this year. That Stuka Junior match is phenomenal. It's uh, it is my CMLL match of the year from January twenty fourth. Yeah, that match does rule. Really. That was, and and he was very good in that. But generally, that was I thought Stuka Junior was the star of of that show. Um, but yeah, he's he looked he looked. Really- uh, Kensuke Miyahara, my number four, as I mentioned, underrated. I, I think he's been great this year. Uh, the tag match with Nomura uh, versus you know more, Nomura and Aoyagi was tremendous. The singles match with Aoyagi, I mentioned uh, in early February, uh, was great. Uh, and then the match uh, against Nagata, Yuji Nagata, was just, if you have not seen that match, uh, Kensuke Miyahara and Yuji Nagata, go out of your way to watch that. But uh, yeah, keep an eye on All Japan. Uh, Alan mentioned a little bit earlier with Naruki Doi, uh, and, and we mentioned a little bit earlier with the crowds coming back to All Japan and how you know, so much of that has felt like it's energized that company and the crowds being energized by, you know, the wrestlers and being able to make noise has just made that company feel like completely different. Uh, Kenta Miyahara is totally back too. if, 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 and if there was any doubt, like the guy's been great for, for a decade now at this point, decade plus, uh, but he's back, back in a big way and, and all Japan's feeling really, really good in the early part of 2023. So yeah, he's, he is my number four, uh, wrestler of the year thus far. All right, Alan, we got you back fully. I hope so. Yeah. Um, my uh, my number four is um, Hangman Page, and uh, I, I I think I'll just I'll come to Hangman in a second. But since you're talking Miyahara, I'll give you Miyahara thoughts first because he's my number three. Um, just like I, I don't think I can add much to what you said and, and what we talked about earlier, but it's. The guy is, uh, he's so, he did so much to keep All Japan going before 2020 that it was like, he was already so important to that company. And then when you see how he kept that ship afloat, and it's really only now where we see them sort of doing well again and, and it, it, it's just you have to think if he wasn't around if he wasn't there these last couple of years like would this promotion even still exist it's like Miyahara he is the heart and soul the effort the and like I think he's rubbed off so much you mentioned Yume Oyagi he's rubbed off so much in a guy like Yume Oyagi and that's rubbing off in turn into guys like Atsuki Oyagi and Rai Kayado and now the other new young guys they have coming up. Miyahara is just a leader by example in that promotion. And yeah, his his output this year with the Nagata match, the Aoyagi match, um, 
even though it wasn't like a, a four and a half star match or anything, his performance in that Tokyo Dome match, where it was his first ever Tokyo Dome appearance, and he just we talk, we've talked a lot about owning rooms on this show. Just the difference between owning a room and owning the Tokyo Dome room. And when he was out there with a bunch of other big names, and, and he's he was the star of the show. That said a lot about him and his abilities and his star power. And yeah, I he's he's a guy that I I thought I had kind of moved past a little bit in terms of being excited by Same. and but boy has he just said to me, uh huh, don't forget about me and uh yeah. Um outstanding. Outstanding stuff from Miyahara. Um and I I think he'll be at the rate he's going with the champion carnival around the corner. And with this Noah program he's in, you know, I I see this guy being a fixture now. Oh, that I Noah am. stuff, man. We're talking about, like, hatred, like, real, like, cool-ass, like, old Japan hatred stuff. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that is, that's like, Kano being like, the fuck is this place? This place is disgusting. <laughs> like, this is a joke. Like, what is that? And then Kent, oh, my God. Yeah, I cannot wait to see those guys muck it up. It, it, I cannot wait. Show. Because um, yesterday's show, he has this great 10-minute match with Yoshiki Inamura. And then at the end of the match, he's cutting this promo, calling out uh, Kitamiya, Masa Kitamiya, his former uh, Kensuke Office Diamond Ring uh, 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 dojo brother. is is a guy who's been the, the focus. He's kind of been ignoring Nakajima's existence. Yeah. But, uh, he doesn't want to give Nakajima the time of day, but he's he is very much honing in on Kitamiya and like calling him out. Um, I love the, uh, when he started sh- shouting after the Tokido match and he was like, uh, he was like, he was just shoot names. He was like, Mitsuhara Kitamiya, who are you to be? You're out there commentating. Why are you commentating my match? Who are you to be commentating anything? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, so he, he, uh, was in the ring cutting this promo and um, two of the young guys, Anzai, first of all, and then, um, oh, I forget the, the kid's name, a purple tights, kicky kind of guy. Um, he charges the ring then after uh, Anzai and they both cut these fired up promos where they're screaming and I was like, and then Miyahara is like kind of, he seems kind of cool with whatever they're screaming about and he's enjoying their intensity. Basically, they were like, I want to fight Noah alongside you. And the other guy was like, oh, I want to fight Noah alongside you. And Miara was like, how about this? How about you both fight Noah alongside me? So I'm going to bring the two of you to the next big show and we want Kitamiya and any tune of his Noah pals and uh, six-man tag and then they all throw their hands up in the air and yeah, it's like, sign me up. I'm already sold. Yeah, it, it, it we're back. We're like that that once we start getting those sort of feuds and like these these promotion versus promotion things and it really matters and everybody kind of hates each other like that and then we're fully back and I feel like we're pretty damn close man. We're we're we're, we're getting there. There's been enough collaboration uh, uh happening and and obviously a lot of those, you know, collaborations in, in in Japanese wrestling happen when like things are not going great like a lot of times it's like hey, we need to make business. Ah, we need to draw so let let's let's have these shows, but they result in some really really cool stuff. So I am I'm all in on it, man. I I I I love it. And uh yeah, Kento being 
the shitster for all Japan, Noah having enough shitsters. To, <laughs> they they have plenty. They're not short of shitsters in, in, in pressing Noah. But uh, yeah, that that could be a really special feud. And especially like you said, once Kento and, and Nakajima really get in there uh, and start doing stuff, then it's just next level that that feud and, and people that know the history and, and stuff that that's just going to yeah, it's going to hit them on a completely, completely different level. So uh, let's do my top three here. Uh, number three for me. Uh, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. I'll mention him again here. Brian Danielson. Uh, not done yet. Don't uh, don't don't slap. Uh, you know the the, the finished on, on Brian Danielson just yeah. It's great matches against Rush. Uh, great match or, or Rush. Uh, great great match against Takeshita, and then the all timer against MJF. I mean he has been stellar this year, and I hope. Uh, that he is back pretty soon in AEW because, yeah, this feels like we're on a, a, a real great level for him. And I think his work, you were talking about how AEW's work is like standing out this year in terms of the wrestling that they've had. I think a lot of it is Brian Danielson wrestling like 20 minute fucking incredible matches on television for like a couple weeks straight. Really pumped that up a little bit because you were getting like high, high level wrestling like every single week on Dynamite because of Brian Danielson. And against such different opponents. Yeah. Like, think, of, think of the guys he went through. Uh, Timothy Thatcher. Uh, Konosuke Takeshita, Bandito, um, uh, Brian Cage. Uh, it was a real different kind of cats he was in there with. And uh, yeah, just delivering each time um, to, to your your tastes may vary depending on, on kind of like who you liked or whatever. But or, you're, I think there's with those collection of matches, just going to be one for literally every type of like if you're a wrestling fan and you can't find one of those matches to enjoy then uh, you could probably give up on you're lost this yeah <laughs> you're so, just lost yeah <laughs> did, did you have a, a favorite of them rich um i think man I, I you know what that's such a hard question because like you said they were all so different and so unique that it feels weird being like oh yeah which one Probably the one with Roosh, I would say. But I was oh, a Roosh match. I didn't even think of that, which is like the most standout in terms of different. Yeah, I think that's my pick. I think that's my pick. But like, honestly, if someone told me any of the other ones, I'd be like, yeah, that, that makes sense. If you told me to catch it, I'd say, yeah, then, uh, fine with me. Uh, I think I'm, I'm picking the Roosh one, though, just because, like you said, it was so different and so unique. Yeah, I think I will, too. I think I will, too. I feel just disgusted on myself for forgetting it. Uh, um, but yeah, that and Takeshita are kind of like my one and two. Then the Bandito match, and then the Thatcher. The Thatcher match was fun for what it was. The Cage match t- was very much part of the story. Um, so yeah, I, I it was just a great run. I mean, obviously he had the Iron Man match, but then also don't forget the tag he had with Moxley against Top Flight, which was just outstanding. Really, really good stuff. Um, so yeah. It's been a hell of a good year for Brian Danielson. He is my number two. There you I go. Him, All right. I had him as number one until last night. Whoa, somebody took it over. All right. We're going to find out uh, here. So my number two uh, is Okada. Um, I'm all in on this new Okada. And it's led to some great matches so far this year. Uh, the match with Shingo that we mentioned a little earlier, the match with Kiyomiya, which is like one of my, I mean, one of my favorite Okada matches in, in a long, long time, just because it was so different. Uh, and then goes over the top even more with that tag match against Goto and Yoshihashi. I don't know if you've seen that one, the Bishimon versus o- Okada uh, and Tanahashi, but I thought that was just great pro wrestling. Just it, it speaks to 
New Japan Pro Wrestling and, and what you get from a promotion that 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 thinks about how they book and thinks about wrestlers and just thinks about stuff like the little things about wrestling that like so many other promotions just don't give a shit about or would think is not worth the, their time and no one's going to care and who cares or whatever. This is a company that cares about the booking of stuff. And it's like you get Okada and Tanahashi in the ring. But they, they, they do all that, but they have not been applying it to their tag team division yes, essentially right for for and we've been crying out for it it's like been the one thing we can point to all during the golden period of off oh, only there was more of an emphasis on building to and having great tag team matches involving the big stars and not just having guns and gallows versus tenkoji or for the millionth time or um not to throw poor tenkoji under the bus but uh yeah you know it's it's what we really wanted and here was an example and what they've been doing with bishimon in general is an example of now them applying that same level of thoughtfulness and care to these tag titles and nothing more than the fact that you came on here rich and fully expected and rightly fully expected Goto and Yoshihashi to lose those belts straight away after winning them because that's what we've seen so often with the tag champions that you think might have momentum and they're like, ah, no, screw that momentum. Yeah, Let's just God is going to win these titles them. again. <laughs> Tamatonga yeah. and Tangaloa are going to win the titles exactly. again. <laughs> we've seen it so many times. You were dead right to expect it. And the fact that it didn't happen and then they go and have this match with such an un New Japan match and to main event the anniversary show with it. Like it was a statement of by Ghetto saying, Hey, doing something different here. And for those of us like me, I'm holding my hand up who have said, you know, Ghetto is, is I do not take away from anything he did as a booker from twenty seven two thousand seven to two thousand nineteen. But you know, me he, we have seen the tropes of ghetto booking for a little too long, and maybe he might want to start changing things up, get some different voice in the room, whatever it might be. But he's doing something different here, and I have to hold my hands up and be like, he's doing what I asked in terms of one of the big things that he hadn't been doing. And I'm in this Bishamon, I'm gonna want, I'm gonna make it a point to watch every single. Bishamon tag match going forward for the rest of the year because it has potential to be the the best storyline New Japan have going uh, in 2023. The crowds were into it. Like, the crowd were going insane for Yoshihashi and Goto. Um, during the match, after the match, on the microphone. These guys are a star team of two very much non-star individuals. Yeah. These are, we've talked about all these guys uh, that go into uh, a room and own the room and are stars. These are the two guys who like just get, that you don't notice in the room, you know, or can't or walk into the wrong room. Or right. Or the door, the door slams door. on them when the star walks <laughs> in, it, you know, like cartoon style, like, you know, the door opens and they get caught behind the door. Like that's Yoshihashi. He's like about yeah. to open the door and then Okada bursts through it. It just knocks over the door. And Yoshihashi's like, ah, you know, yeah, yeah. the door closes but and he's a- like a pancake on the back of it or whatever. That's Yoshihashi. But he closed the 20, 20- the anniversary show. Like they closed the yeah. anniversary show with 
Yoshi, you know, Hashi in the ring, like serenading the fans and the fans loving it. Like nobody, I mean, you would have never been able to think that three years ago, two years ago, a year ago, five years. I mean, it would have been unheard of, but yeah, it speaks to just how, you know, carefully booking the tag division, how much that can, it, it, it can work. And, and yeah, like that match we, we talked about last week on the flagship, but you know, I think it was just a masterclass in, 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 in tag team booking because it would have made all the sense in the world to just have Okada and Tanashi win the matches because they're Okada and Tanahashi and they're the stars or whatever, but they're not a tag team. They don't know what they're doing. They're not, you know, a well, Okada oh, was, was Okada in particular was, and we are talking Okada here. He was great in yeah. getting that story across the I'm kind of out of my depth here. Right. As in a big tag, like these guys kind of have our number and like it was, like it, they didn't. It was subtle. Like it was subtle. Oh, he was in like the wrong place a lot of times. He wasn't like right on the money. And again, like you might think, like, oh man, that was a little sloppy. But like people that what it, it wasn't sloppy in the sense that like he was missing spots. But it was slop. It was it was a good in the sense that he was like a sloppy tag partner with Tanahashi. They just were not in the right place at the right time. They just did not have that, that it thing that good tag teams, you know, really, really do have. So, uh, no, I, I, I thought it really, 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 it was just another notch in, in, in Okada's great, great year. Um, Alan, you didn't get to talk about hangman. I apologize about that. You want to uh, discuss uh, hangman? I, I, I realized, and then I was like, do I have anything really I need to say about Hangman that people don't already know? He's like a super hard worker. that's had a bunch of intense, incredible matches with John Monksley, including one of the most memorable stipulation matches ever on the pay-per-view. Um, you know, he he is uh, low on the list of guys I'd like to wrestle because he looks like he's no day at the picnic. Uh, no day at, <laughs> day at the beach. Uh, he's no picnic in there. Uh, like, just but as a fan i enjoyed the hell out of watching him wrestle but rich ultimately in this feud with john moxley he has to take a back seat because to me the star of the feud has been my number one wrestler of 2023 so far the current leader in my power rankings john moxley who i said took over the number one spot last night as I watched him doing Moxley things, as I like to say, uh, during the course of that six-man tag uh, against Dark Order, which just, to me, was a match that just over-delivered so much. And Moxley just walking around just as he's getting across this kind of heel vibe, just the just the way he's carrying himself is endlessly entertaining to be in addition to the, like what a workhorse he's been in terms of quantity and quality. Like God, like everything from like the, the sprint main event with Uno to the tags versus top flight. He had the one with Danielson, the one with, uh, um, uh, Claudio, the matches with Hangman, there have been three in this calendar year so far. Uh, the um, I'm forgetting something else, but yeah, he's he has done so much great stuff this year. John Moxley is, uh, I I just keep feeling we've got to like okay now it's like he's gonna take this break. He's had this incredible run. He's just been on this incredible run since the doors opened in AEW, the guy has not stopped bar those few months he was in rehab. And it's like, God, everything before and after that, he has just been immense. And um, 
yeah, I, I, I can't take my eyes off the guy when he's wrestling. He's just, he's just tremendous. Even if, even if he's not like physically doing something in terms of a, like a move in the match, if it's just him making a facial expression or him walking around the ring or like he's turning into he, he's kind of turning into having some of what made Terry Funk so great in his older years. Um, just this this performer that you can't take your eyes off no matter what he's doing on screen, if he's the legal man, if he's outside the ring, if he's whatever he's doing, he just he's he just captures your attention yeah the, the show the show like orbits around him it, it went when he comes out it's just that he's got that aura that pull that gravity that like terry funk yeah you, that's the, the the best comp that you can bring out is like when terry funk came out it was just like well fuck here we go like something's happening and i gotta watch like and and you couldn't yep. no matter what's happening you can't take your eyes off of him he, even if he's not the legal man in a tag match it's like he's fucking around with the fans or he's out there yelling about somebody or he's he's jumping up on the on the ring apron or something there's just th- th- that gravity that certain guys have and and yeah uh, nobody has it right now like John Moxley has it. So so that's a great poll. He he was on my honorable mentions, and I, I kind of feel bad by not putting him on my top ten as you oh, described him wow. right there. When you described him right wow, there, I was just okay. like, God damn it, I should have had John Moxley on my top ten, but I but I didn't. So I I, I feel bad. But he uh maybe that should have been my eleven and so did <laughs> Abe. But I'm you know what? I think your number one might be now because everyone on my list um yeah, I'm, I'm dead curious now. I'm probably missing someone really obvious. No, it's very obvious. Yeah, it's Masato Tanaka. No, I'm kidding. It's not Masato Tanaka. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's Will Ospreay who. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah it's sorry. just. I mean, come on. I, I know you haven't watched. You said you haven't watched a lot of the Rev Pro stuff. Uh, I'm even behind. Like, I get behind on great Osprey matches because like they just happen so frequently. So like two weekends ago, I didn't have a chance to you know. And, and Rev Pro is a little late about uploading stuff. And this week was a little bit busy. And then the, the you know it, people are like, oh, you got to watch that Luke Jacobs versus Will Osprey match. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll watch it. And then like everyone's like, no, 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 you really got it. And it's like, oh man, that was already a couple weeks ago. Like, and, and it already feels like in that time since then, we've had the Mark Davis match on the new. Japan Cup that was was great uh, and he's had a lot of other stuff that's really 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 been great there's this Tristan Archer match I don't know if you've heard of this one uh, Joe was talking about it and a few other people have yeah, talked about it a, from uh, Reichs uh, Reichs I don't know if I'm pronouncing French, that right from a French promotion I, I know Ian Hamilton has been that recommending that highly to yeah so to I, a lot of people uh, I gotta catch up like so really I'm I guess I'm kind I'm not glad that he's hurt but it's like oh good I can actually get up to speed on like the great Will Ospreay matches he's had this year because I haven't even seen the Luke Jacobs one and I've heard that's like tremendous I think the Observer I think Dave gave it like four and three quarters or whatever so it's just like it's been just highly highly touted but you had the Taichi match which rocked uh, the Mark Davis match which was great from the New Japan Cup you add in the Omega match uh, at the beginning of the year and then just a bunch of other sporadic tag matches throughout the I mean he's just when you have his match as good as that Omega Osprey match and a match is as good as Taichi and Will Ospreay uh, and, and one that I liked as much as Mark Davis and Will Ospreay it's just like yeah it, it, the guy he, he belongs in that he, he is just so clearly to me the best wrestler in the world that that he's my number one until anybody's very obviously knocks him off the pedestal and I just don't know that that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, you know, it might happen now because he's hurt. So if he doesn't wrestle for a couple months, that's going to be the opportunity. But like he's my default number one. And until he just stops having great matches, he's going to remain my number one. Well, I, I definitely enjoy doing this because I think we were able to see like some real differences in our list. Especially yeah. in the back half of the list. I think we, we covered a lot of names across a lot of different, um, a lot of different parts of the world and it's um yeah i think we 
we we hit on a lot of the uh yeah if, if your promotion or the the type of wrestling you like wasn't represented here in this discussion let us know about it because for uh, sure yeah i think um between me and rich i think we've already covered a good amount of the wrestling worldwide and um, if there's really good stuff or a really great wrestler having a great year that we haven't mentioned um i'd be curious in hearing who that is if if there's like like there's places like ddt which i haven't watched really any of this year but i feel like i would know about it if there was like a wrestler having a tear up year in, in ddt um but i'm not really hearing about that so i'm assuming there's not yeah i haven't seen um, much buzz at all and and usually there would be buzz and i would check in a little bit with ddt and i watch like you yeah. know hype matches but i feel like there's just been nothing this year from from and people it's a shame because they're coming over for mania weekend and, and what's also a shame is that like higuchi has been given these kind of crappy matches for wrestlemania weekend um Whoever booked those is a lot to answer for. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I hope we get to see DDT kind of do some some good stuff. They've a lot of a lot of great talented guys that I really like. It's just people struggle to get momentum for me in DDT. Yeah, so they'll 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 kind of get a little bit of a push and a few good matches, and then they'll kind of enough focus will be taken off them or whatever and. Yeah, it's um, it it's tough. So yeah, there, there's still there's still some promotions in Japan that I would like to uh, um, see bounce back a bit more still, but um, they can't all be all Japan. <laughs> right? Yeah, they they have they have sprung forward to my list of like have to watch. Uh, all Japan, but yeah, yeah. If there's anything that we haven't mentioned, there's a wrestler that 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 maybe stands out to you that we didn't give any love to or that we haven't watched. Yeah, let me know. Uh, let let us know definitely, uh, and then we'll be able to you know hopefully be able to check it out and and, and at least try to cover uh, some of those blind spots uh, there. But uh, so yeah, we only have a few. We got about another twenty or so minutes, which I think is 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 going to be more than enough. You know what, Alan? Two things here. I mean, a quick little. We don't have to go back like the actual WrestleMania weekend schedule this year. I'm going to do that in a later show. That's fine. I don't need to torture you with like <laughs> the, the bit of here I am listing shows that all sound terrible and don't sound like they matter at all. Uh, instead, I think let, let's maybe take a minute to talk about WrestleMania weekend and what it, it, it sort of meant uh, uh, to us. But before we do that, though, real quickly, I just want to do this. And I don't normally do this. This is not something we'd usually do on the flagship. And just want and I did it on our discord as well, but there is a rare circumstance of which I, I really can't get into the details of, uh, but there's a fundraiser. There's a GoFundMe uh, that has a little extra significance to me and, 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 and to my family. So if you can, not a big deal does not. But if you have any spare amount of money that you can offer this month, uh, if you can consider donating to this, it's, uh, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, it is also on our Discord as well, uh, the, the flagship Discord. Or if you just go to GoFundMe and look it up, it's help Byron Myers get a heart transplant. It's B-Y-R-O-N Myers. And it's somebody that's that's trying to get a heart transplant uh, and needs to raise money to get that heart transplant or else, you know, they don't get a heart. And then, of course, you know, you know what happens after that. So uh, Byron Myers, help Byron Myers get a heart transplant. Again, I'll put a link in the description. Again, 
I don't usually do this. It's a very rare circumstance and I can't get into why the, you know, the, the significance of it. But yeah, if you do have a little bit of extra money uh, this month, if you can consider donating to it, that would, uh, it would mean a lot to me uh, and, and the nurse and, and the rest of the family. Rich, uh, as I well. will fill, I will fill in Joe, what Joe would do right now. And that is tell you not to be so apologetic. About it. It's <laughs> a nice thing. You have nothing to uh, uh, be anxious about over this. I think that's a, a lovely thing that it's, I, I hadn't noticed that uh, you, you mentioned this before. This is the first time hearing of it. So uh, good on you for, for this sounds like a, a great cause. And yeah, it's uh, for me as someone who has like my own health issues and, and uh, uh, get into the, the weeds of it. Like I've had to learn about tra- transplantation and stuff like that. And like, I'm in the very lucky position where like with our, um, I, I don't even have to dip into my insurance for yeah, um, this type of stuff. Like it's all within the public healthcare system here in Ireland. And any like transplantations are all, um, they're all, taken care of essentially like in it from beginning to end every aspect of it and it's the, the there is no uh, the actually having to like raise money or anything like that is just it's just not a thing that i can even imagine having to deal with on top of the issues of, of medical issues themselves yeah of so, having yeah, a failing heart of having a heart that no longer works yeah, yeah. and then they need to raise money to get another heart it's so it's so it's so sad to me that that's something I am hearing about what super superstar Billy Graham and his wife are going through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to relate that to wrestling, like, yeah. The expense, the monetary expense side of like, it just it breaks my heart when I hear about people in America that just get bankrupted by by having to just keep themselves alive. You know, it's it's a it's a horrible thing. Like because nobody. Nobody chooses to be sick. Nobody chooses to find themselves in a position where they need a surgery or need so, like to go on life support or whatever. And then to have to pay so much for that is yeah. it's really heartbreaking. And then God bless good, well-functioning public health systems. That um, I know they're like even ours has its flaws. The NHS in the UK has its flaws. There's certainly the case, but there's, you know, it's, um, it's tough when you see like how, how I think you get the, the extra element in, as well with the insurance companies, I guess, not having the greatest of reputations. Uh, that's, yeah, that's one way to put yeah. it for sure. Um, <laughs> that is kind of a way making, to put it. Yes. Making a bad situation worse for people. So it's, it's heartbreaking and yeah, uh, uh, help in this instance. Um, yeah, it's, and it sounds like a really worthy cause. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for indulging me in that again. Like I said, I'll put a link in the description, but uh, yeah, it's, it's Byron Myers, uh, B Y R O N Myers. Uh, it's on uh, GoFundMe. So, um, all right. Actually, you know what? Do you want to, we have a little, we can go a little over. It's a spectacular. We can go a little bit. So let's do a brief uh, WrestleMania weekend if, thing. If, and then if, if you add, if you add all the times I like f- fell off the line, <laughs> right. Then it's essentially, it's less than three hours at that point. For sure. We can go a little over. It's the St. Patrick's day spectacular. You're off tomorrow, right? Um, not, but that's fine. You don't have work tomorrow, so you're good to go. But I uh, know we'll, we'll, we'll go a little bit longer here. Uh, but real quick, I wanted to uh, uh, check in on, on WrestleMania weekend. And, and obviously this year is we're going to do a whole we're going to do our normal big thing that we do here on the flagship where uh, I, I get a bunch of members of the voice of wrestling staff and we all preview as many of these shows as possible. It is starting to get 
kind of ridiculous. I mean, there is so many goddamn shows on this WrestleMania weekend that I, I can't even believe it. I, I was doing that the WrestleMania weekend's memory uh, uh, write up uh, for flagshippatreon.com about you know the the 2016 weekend that you talked about a little bit earlier that you were not able to go to, and it was like it had 15 shows, and I remember being at the time like, whoa, <laughs> there's 15 shows. Like, oh man, what are you gonna do? And there was like you know, Evolve was kind of at the same time as Ring of Honor, which was also kind of at the same time as NXT, and it was like, oh my god, like how do you choose? And that's why we eventually did like the the Joe Lanza Path to Glory or whatever of like, all right, here's the shows you're gonna have to go to. I know you're gonna have to miss a show, but it's okay. And now it's like, dude, there's 80 shows going on this weekend. Like you're not going to, you don't want to see half these shows and like, you're not going to be able to see any. They're all over the place. It, the, I, the I, big problem it creates for me is head burnt at the wrestlers. Are, oh yeah. Yeah. And it, it comes across with the work as well. And I, I went to the 2019 mini weekend uh, in New York and like, I pretty much didn't see any great matches. I mean, there were some good shows or some shows that I enjoyed. But by and large, like I didn't see a lot of great matches because everybody I mean, I saw Pentagon Jr. live like nine times that weekend and like he was taking the same routes that we were taking. He was going. He was like bouncing between the shows that we were bouncing to and I was exhausted and I was just sitting there and all I had to do was sit and watch a wrestling show. That guy had to wrestle and I was yawning and looking at my phone and going, oh man, geez, I'm getting really tired and then like he would come out and I was like, this guy can't and then he would go out there and he would like, you know, work at 25% speed, do the glove thing, do Sierra Miedo, get in and out as quick as possible and it was like, man, what a bummer that like one of the great wrestlers in the world is just phoning it in because he's got 20 bookings this weekend. And that, yeah, that really does become a problem with, with, with this current setup that we have. Yeah. And especially if they, um, you know, if they're, if they're like, okay, I'll just, yeah, I'm going from this crowd. I'm going from that crowd. I'll do my, I'll do my spot that I do. I'll do my shtick. It's like, generally it's going to be the same people. Like you said, rich going around. So it's the same people watching you on these different shows. And if you've got people watching at home, they're probably watching all the different shows. So it's like, it's probably better to vary it rather than like doing the same spots in the same match on all these different, like, it's not like you're hitting a new audience when you do like game changer on Friday night and then WrestleCon on Saturday afternoon. Like it's, it's the same audience in town. It's the same people watching at home. Um, so yeah, it's not like it's not like where you're, I don't know, going working a show in Chicago and then going working a show for a completely different audience in Tokyo. It's like where you can do the same things and it's it's hitting a different audience. It's like no, you you need to be able to mix things up a bit and put some mental energy into this, but these guys can't have any mental energy to give because their mental energy is all spent on racing around town and making sure they have their t-shirts to sell and making sure like it's just it it's me stress and anxiety thinking about it let alone being a wrestler doing that i can only imagine so yeah particularly um, this year yeah. is going to be i mean it was it was hard in, in in new york and like i know that like shows had to just get completely rewritten because guys were caught in traffic and now this year you got you know los angeles traffic which is not good uh at all and that is going to be yeah it's going to be a wild weekend and, and of, of people doing double bookings and all over the place and different it seems like people are mostly like wrestlers tend to be mostly in kind of home bases 
uh, this year where like they're all just going to be like wrestler X is going to usually be doing the collective all weekend and not bouncing around between all the other ones, but there's still going to be enough movement that, that things might, you know, become a little bit of a disaster. But, but again, we'll, we'll talk about current WrestleMania weekend uh, later on the flash. We've got a couple weeks uh, until that's happening, uh, starting to record some of those shows uh, over the next few days. But yeah, that is, but I want to talk about memories. Cause like I said, I'm doing uh, stuff at flagship patreon.com right now, going over some of the great matches and moments in WrestleMania weekend history and, and memories that I have of that weekend. Now you had mentioned there at the top. I just said, I had been to one WrestleMania week in my entire life. I had watched a bunch uh, on, on, on video or live or hell when the video was actually working, which was also very rare uh, during the early days. But you said you had been to like what seven straight except for 2016 or were you at seven straight and then missed 2016 and then picked it back I- up? Like, I did 2012, 13, 14, 15. So um, I did four and then I missed one and then I did 17, 18. So I've done six total with wow. one skip in the middle. That's incredible. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, like what, what maybe quickly, what, what sort of memories do you have of, of that weekend? Obviously, there's some you know personal memories that I'm sure uh, stand out more so than others that you can you can divulge if you'd like but uh yeah it's just you know, what 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 kind of for people that maybe are experiencing it for the first time or don't really know what wrestlemania weekend used to be you know how can you kind of describe what that weekend really felt like it just like for me it was like the first one i went to was in miami in in, in 2012 and like a big thing for that was like that was that was my first time um, going away on holidays with Sarah, and it was like my first, like, big holiday as an adult, like where I went somewhere far away and not just you know to Germany or the UK for a wrestling show for a day or two. And um, like this was like a, a big proper holiday, so it wasn't like, uh, but it was great because back in 2012 there wasn't like what we just talked about with just uh, just being engulfed in shows it was like oh okay we've got a dragon gate usa show today and there's a convention going on in and the same hotel and that would be like it and uh, uh so there was like but that was like during a period where dragon gate usa was awesome so it was like there was i went to dragon gate usa shows i went to a, the convention the rescom convention show and um, then went to WrestleMania itself. I think that was that was it, unless I'm forgetting something. But it was it was really it was really cool. It was my first taste of kind of being around WrestleMania weekend hotel, where there's like, hey, there's here's New Jack. Uh, he's buzzing around and he's going around with Pinky Sanchez looking for weed. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan at the bar and. Uh, Here's a Vader in the pool with Masada Yoshino. And, uh, <laughs> that that is for all the wrestling, like the most underrated part of WrestleMania weekend is just like you're just there with like wrestlers and they're just descending on this town. And even in New York City, like walking the streets, you're just like, oh, there you go. There's you know, like I was just like in on some random street and all of a sudden like a wheelchair hit me in the back of the foot and I was like, God damn it. Like, what the hell, man? Come on. And I look around the, and the guy goes, ah, oh, sorry. And it's Lex Luger. And I'm like, what the fucking Christ? Like, I don't know what, what's going on here. Like, I'm just walking the streets of New York City, like this very big town. And I get hit 
and the back of my leg by Lex Luger in a wheelchair. And it's like there's there's only one place on earth and one time in the year that that can happen to you. And it's WrestleMania weekend. You know what I mean? Like or like I went to I, we were in whatever the hotel that the WrestleCon was in. I, I some Hilton or something like that. And I go to the bathroom and I'm pissing next to Black Toros in the Black Toros gear. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and like, like what? it's absurd. Like if you ever knew about this, like if you didn't know, like say you went to New York City on April 5th. 2019 or whatever it had no idea that there was a wrestling thing had no you were just like ah you know what let's go to the big apple or whatever and you walk into this bathroom at this very nice hotel and like a man in a bull costume walks in and pisses next to you like but you don't think anything of it like you said Masato Yoshino and Vader imagine if you went to anywhere else in the world at any other time in the world and those two men were in a pool together (laughs) <laughs> like you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But in WrestleMania weekend, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, there's Masato Yoshino and Vader in a pool together. All right, and then you move on with your day. It's just it, it that I think is the most underrated aspect of why WrestleMania weekend is still special for all for all its faults that it has these days. Why it is still a, a one of one event is is stuff like that that you just can it can never happen ever again. Yeah, and uh, like I, I was able to see like some really great wrestling back in, in those earlier years where guys weren't run ragged. Like just you, you'd be getting to see great managers, some of the best wrestlers in the world in, in front of the most hardcore fans in the world. And it was always really awesome. Like uh, ring of honor was putting on big shows like the New York. Um, when I went in 2013, we got to have the, the Kevin Steen, Jay Briscoe title match as the main event and seeing Jay Briscoe win that ROH title for the first time in, in Hammerstein Ballroom. That was just an incredible memory. And then like racing around after the show, like to, to get back to, um, uh, to get back to New Jersey and, um, you're, it's like a group of, of people like with, you're you're somehow leading the way on the New York subways with a group of Americans, including like Brian Alvarez and uh, a bunch of other people. And it's like, why am I the Irish person? <laughs> right. Why am I doing this? Where, where, yeah. where to go on that? Uh, just yeah, just all, all these all these like memories that you wouldn't get from any other situation, if any other holiday or any other wrestling trip, because it's like. It's a holiday meets a wrestling trip. Like if I just go to like New Japan Royal Quest, for instance, which I went to and it was great, but it's you're going on a plane to go see a wrestling show, you know, in and out. Um, if if I go to WrestleMania week, I'm going there for a few days. I'm like, there's a lot of other people in this area for the same reason and you know it's 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 more of a of a holiday more of a vacation as you guys say than it is just kind of going away for a wrestling trip and then but it's also unlike just going on a vacation where i've been on some great vacations and as i know you're they call you uh mr vacation for a reason like you you are a man who enjoys a good vacation rich but typically on a vacation you don't get to uh see many wrestling shows now i know you did get to see one in iceland but uh alaska um, I, there was there alaska, was sorry no but you 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 joke but there was a wrestling show happening I in iceland but it was like the week what? it was like two days after we left and i i <laughs> contemplated like 
<laughs> Can we change like because this is a one on one like Iceland <laughs> wrestling? Like, what is this got to be like? But yeah, it was it was happening like two days after we were leaving, which is just oh, it, it gutted me that we had to leave. Heartbreaking, but uh, yeah, it's like like vacations, holidays are awesome, but like you'd uh, for us wrestling fans, like having a wrestling show or two thrown in the mix of a of a trip to Italy or a trip to wherever Spain, you know that's. It's gonna be. You wouldn't say no to that. So, no, hell no. Um, like it, it's it's just a beautiful combination of, of two really enjoyable things that uh, come together. And and yeah, if you've got a good group of, of friends or whatever that are also on the trip, that makes it that makes it a lot of fun. And I, as well for me, uh, being someone that's coming to America from from Ireland, it's like getting to meet a load of people, that, especially like. In 2012 and 13, but being my first trips to America, meeting so many people who I have talked to and known and listened to online for so many years. Like I've, I've just these great pictures of me and like Joe Gagne um, from 2013. Um, I have this great picture of me and Gabe and Brian Alvarez in 2012. Um, it, yeah, it's. it's all the great meetings you have with different people um, that you've just been communicating with for such a long period of time. That was, that was a real cool thing. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, the team Dr. Keith photo. I don't know if you've ever seen this where at the end of the Dragon Gate USA show again, 2013, Dr. Keith is going around like a maniac and he grabs a bunch of, grabs me and gag me and, and pulls us backstage. And, uh, um, as he wants to do this team Dr. Keith photograph. And it's like this amazing photo we have of me, Naylor, Joe Gagne, Dr. Keith, and Brody Lee, uh, because Brody Lee was on the Chikara King of Trios team that was in fact called Team Dr. Keith. And uh, um, yeah, it was uh, like things like that. Are That's just, special. Yeah, these, just these special moments like that are, are just super cool. And uh, honestly, if I was to pick one day um, uh, that's like in terms of like the wrestling, because as you mentioned, there is uh, uh, certain personal things that uh, <laughs> sure. somewhat like getting married, uh, which we did on a lovely, a lovely day in a lovely park in New Orleans in 2018. But um in, in terms of wrestling, uh, the the one day that I always think of when I think of WrestleMania week is is actually that that day of that Team Dr. Heat photo where um, because the, the the Miami days were quite relaxed, you know, we'd spend most of the day at the beach and then go for dinner and then go watch a Dragon Gate USA show. You know, it was nice and nice and easy. Um, but the Saturday of 2013 in Jersey, where we got up, we went to Access, where we got to see uh, Sami Zayn, who had yet to appear on NXT TV, taking on uh, Pac, Adrian Neville, um, uh, in this convention hall with a bunch of people not knowing who they were and not reacting to them, and me just thinking it was so cool, and going around Access, uh, uh, access you at least in those days was worth going to twice i feel was the number and then after that it is just very much diminishing returns uh, we went three times but 
two was all we needed to do. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it was, um, so like, that was like, took us through to morning. And then it was on to, I forget the, the name of the location. Um, uh, but it was the location where WrestleCon, Gabe shows, Shimmer, all this stuff was happening. Um, and we had this awesome Chikara show with Jushin Thunder Liger. Then there was this super long Dragon Gate USA show um, with Gargano and Shingo going on at like one in the morning. Then there's five dollar wrestling show hosted by Colt Cabana. And like we spent all this time at the WrestleCon convention in between as well. It was just this jam-packed day. And I just remember being absolutely shattered by the end of it, trying to get a taxi to get out of there and get back to our hotel. Um, but yeah, it was like it to me that day embodied WrestleMania weekend. It got like a bit of everything in there and it was just so much fun. And, and yeah, all the, um, all, all the different and as, uh, people were like showing up like you had all these wrestlers that were like in different parts of the like whether they were doing Wing of Honor or whether they were um, in WWE and on Access and they were just filtering in and coming through and, and showing up at different points in the Dragon Gate USA show or during $5 wrestling it's at this point like 2.30 in the morning that like you know this big hall is just filled up with like a load of people all just kind of chatting in different groups and um just hanging out and it's yeah it's like you've got us like talking to kevin steen over here and talking to joe gagney over there and um yeah all all this uh all this just amazing energy about the place it was it was really cool yeah i'll I'll remember that from my time is like you know just i I was just walking the halls and just like everybody would like there'd be somebody that would tap my shoulder and i turn around it's like hi it's me from this place and it's like holy crap like it's just it, it, it was it was just incredible to meet as many people as i met uh, the one weekend I went and, and people from all across the world. I mean, it just, just hi, how you do it? And like, I felt bad because I didn't have enough time. I felt to like talk or hang out with all the people that I wanted to. And that that's one of my one regrets is that I was like, ah, man, I wish I would have just said, you know, Hey, screw this wrestling. Let's, let's just go like hang out. Cause like there was so much wrestling to watch and so many things to do, but then there were so many people and I was kind of like trying to, 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 debate in my own head okay should we skip wrestling and just go hang out with people but like i was able to do that in the same way too and then you know there was times where you know because it's new york and it, it was it was so hard to get around for a lot of the stuff so it was like you know we had to, like, we were, where people were hitching rides with us and then we were hitching rides with other people and people were getting me into this show and hey come sit by me and it was just like yeah it, it, it like you said it's just this weird atmosphere that if you've never done one i i, I definitely recommend it for all of its faults it's just it's a one-of-a-kind experience it's just you're, you're never going to meet and you're never going to be with more wrestling fans that all enjoy wrestling as much as you're going to be that weekend. And, and yeah, it's not, it's not what it was, but I think you could still have a lot of fun with it uh, in a year, you know, just if you know enough people that are going and it's the right location and, and, and you try to not overwhelm yourself. Like I definitely overwhelm myself when I went, if I ever would go back, I would be like, no, I'm just going to go to like five shows and just kind of chill out. Whereas like, I was like, hey, I don't know when I'm going to be back. And, I don't know, and I'm glad I did because obviously the next year was the pandemic and I haven't been to WrestleMania weekend since then. So we were like, no, we have to like from 
11 a.m. until 4 a.m. We have to be at wrestling shows. And we did. Uh, and then I was completely burnt out. I just like got like physically and mentally exhausted by the time I got back and I was sick for like a month afterwards. I got like the mania flu because I didn't eat and I didn't sleep. All I did was meet people and watch wrestling, which again, I don't regret doing that, but but I would definitely uh, uh, if I ever did go again, I'd chill out a little bit on that. Uh, Matthew Allen in the chat room. Uh, the note up chat room, Alan says uh, many week in memory from 2015 and evolved 39. Do you know what do you know what he's going to bring up here? I remember the venue. I don't know which. I, I was at I was at two evolves and the super show in that venue. Um, I remember the crazy Gargano versus um, Galloway match. I remember the crazy Thatcher versus Hero match with them not touching for ages. That could be what he's referring to. But that was the man super show. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So apparently you got involved in a match. Does this ring a bell? No. Okay, it says Al. It says main weekend memory from 2015 at Evolve 39. I'm looking at this is the main event. Allen distracts PJ Black during his Evolve title match with Drew Galloway. Did not lead to the finish, but it did cost him the match. Are we sure that was me? I don't. I don't remember this. I feel like yeah. I feel like I would remember that, but I don't know. I guess Matthew Allen thinks that you cost PJ Black this Evolve title match. You'll need to. You'll need to give me some video evidence of this (laughs) because I do not remember this. Have have you cost PJ Black enough matches in your life that you don't remember which one specifically that was? Or or I I mean, I was single handedly responsible for getting him kicked out of Nexus. You know, I'm I'm (laughs) on his side constantly. But uh, there you go. So that that is yeah, just a little bit. I just wanted to do a brief little thing because obviously you're somebody who's been to enough Mania weekends. I thought it'd be worth uh, checking in on. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do the whole Mania say, weekend schedule and stuff uh, in 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 a week or so. I will say that there was I, I there was a difference between the pre 2016 ones and then when I came back again after missing 2016 and I did 17 and 18. Like you'd start to see the expansion at that point because. Progress were over. They were doing shows. Rev Pro were overdoing shows. Yeah, 2017 um, is really one of the big explosions because you had the the influence of all the the UK and the European promotions coming over and being like, "Aha, we're going to run this as well." In addition to Evolve still running, and then you know, you, it 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 did feel like 2017 was the beginning of like what we have now, where it's just like everyone that's running a show. You know what I mean? Like everyone's going to have a show this weekend. Yeah, but I still think like if you're to go back and look at the amount of shows and everything, it I think it was a lot more contained. I think I think 2019 things went crazy in terms of volume, and then last year it was just insane. 20, 2020 was the one that was skipped. 2021 was the one where it was like <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, guys getting sick in the ring and all this. Oh, God. Stuff. Yeah, Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. 2022 was like there was just a lot. It was a lot. There was a lot. Yeah, there, there was there was some good. Obviously, you had Ring of Honor. It was great, but there was a lot. <laughs> that is the best way to put it. Uh, and Alan, let me tell you, there is a lot here. I'm just going to do the quick math here. One, two, three, four, five. There's five shows on Wednesday that I have right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty shows on Thursday. 
<laughs> Friday oh is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, oh, no. nineteen on Friday. So Thursday is the leader. Stop. And then Saturday, everything kind of cools down because then you got WrestleMania. So, like, nobody wants to run against WrestleMania. But there's still, like, six shows on that day. And then I think four or five shows on uh, on Sunday. But, yeah, just, just yeah, the, the days of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. So, but, again, we'll do that. But on VoiceWrestling.com, we have all of the WrestleMania matches and events and signings and cons and podcasts and all that sort. That is all listed. Our full schedule is up at VoiceWrestling.com. So, if you want to be involved in the weekend, if you want to order the shows, uh, great deal this year on fight. You don't have to buy the shows individually. If you buy fight plus, you're going to get all the fight shows. So all the GCW, all the collective stuff will be on there. Uh, a few other places as well that you can watch uh, different shows. But uh, that is uh, voice again, the full schedule and all the other stuff. So again, like I said, we, we're going to get an extension. The network has let us have an extra 15 minutes, Alan. So we're going to go 15 more minutes here. Let's talk about 16 carat WXW uh, 16 carat. Now this, you told me this is your first return to live wrestling in how long? When was the last time so, you were at live European wrestling? Well, so I did I did tag league in, in October, so that was my first uh, my first shows back. But this was uh, this was my second, and uh, these were the first sixteen carat. This is the first sixteen carat I'd been to since the one that I was going to go to in twenty twenty that I had to cancel on um, because of everything uh, that popped up pretty much the week of that carat. Um, so, uh, yeah, three years on, um, when I was over there for tag league, it was like, there was still, it was okay. Things are there. You could kind of see that like they've gotten through the worst of things and they've come through and they've kept a lot of things. They've kept the spark alive in terms of of um their audience and, and having engagement and and yeah it was like okay they they managed to keep their heads above water um where so many fell and then at 16 carat coming back here in march it was like i was really taken aback and i heard before going over that they had they had sold quite a lot of, of tickets and and the business was was very strong for for these shows. And then when I went in and saw the setup and, and saw how it looked when all the fans were in there, it was like wow! It was like this is visually um, very like if this was if you were just told this was like okay, this was the twenty twenty one sixteen carat if no pandemic ever happened, it would be like well. WXW is is still doing really well, um, but obviously they had a number of years where, like, there was a lot of restrictions on the capacity restrictions, local regulations, all this kind of stuff, and they had to go without fans, and and they just kind of survived the best way they could, and um, so like obviously, like with most European wrestling, the the buzzometer. Uh, went very low on them um, in, in recent years. But what they've managed to do is cultivate a very strong local 
fan base in terms of fans in Germany and kind of other parts of continental Europe um, that seem to be younger and like uh, seem to be younger and, and seem to be fresher to things than someone like me. Um, and that fan base, like it might not come across on Twitter and stuff in, in our bubble of how how well the promotion's doing in terms of, of just attendance and audience feedback and stuff. But you know, it like a lot of guys who I haven't been aware of, I don't see getting a lot of talk and stuff like that. A lot of these guys are, are very, very over. They've created new stars and with some of them I can see the upside with some of them maybe not as much um but yeah it's there is a strong heartbeat there uh right now for WXW now in terms of recommending and, and whatnot it's 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 difficult for me because to like I I first went over to Germany for 16 Carat in 2009. That is 14 years ago. I went pretty much every year since then up until 2019 um, through into 2020. So I got to see this thing evolve. Um, and even in seeing what it was like before, like in 2006 and seven and stuff like that, uh, before I started going myself, by just kind of watching WWVs or DVDs, um, it has really evolved. And how many other independent promotions do we have that have stood that test of time of 22, 23 years in existence that are still there, and you can kind of see how they've evolved and how they've how they've responded within the wrestling climate um, as it's changed over that course of time. And it, I think I, because I have been there for so long and seen so much stuff, it's hard for, it's hard for things to kind of, it's hard for me to kind of get really into things anymore um, without getting into too much of the weeds of this because A, I'm too tired to, I think, eloquently um, get across what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's but, a pretty deep conversation, <laughs> too. Yeah, that, yeah maybe. It, it's it, it's difficult, It's but, like, I, I would say if you're someone like me who has been watching wrestling that whole time and has seen the highs of WXW would be going back to your 2009, 2010, or going back to the, the years of like the Euro boom, or like Walter and Ilya were having their matches. And, um, you know, if you're someone that experienced all that, would I say, oh, you should absolutely go watch WXW now? You'd love it. I, I don't know if you would. I can't guarantee you would. But if you're a newer, a newer fan, I mean, I looked around there on like, say, the Saturday night, and there was like, thousand people there upwards of a thousand people and a lot of them were in their early 20s i would say so you're talking people who before the pandemic were teenagers 
and who when I started going to WXW were like eight, nine years old, a lot of those people extremely enthusiastic and loving what they were seeing. So if you're a newer wrestling fan, if you haven't seen a ton of indie wrestling, um, I, I would say it's absolutely worth checking out because WXW, it's always, it's always been a, a way of holding a mirror up to the overall wrestling scene and being a mixture of all kinds of different things happening in the overall ecosystem of wrestling with their own spin on it. So um, you'll get things that feel like you're watching a WWE, whatever the current WWE style of the day is. You'll see things which are representative of Japanese wrestling. You'll see things that are representative of like a game changer wrestling or whatever the hot US indie of the day is. Like you'll see all these different flavors under one roof. And um, I, I, I think a lot of newer fans are going to be, it, it's a reliable, solid promotion to, to follow along with, I think, because, you know, especially if you value, uh, if you, they've obviously made the business decision over the past few years that they need to have an incredibly professional, polished product with high-level production that a WWE fan can check out their shows on the WWE Network and not feel like they're watching some um, rinky-dink indie because WXW's production is second to none on the indie scene. It is far and away, uh, and it was something that they were getting a lot of credit for during uh, the latter part of the last decade, uh, to keep standard high, even during a period where, you know, the money coming in, because they couldn't have fans going to shows and whatnot, the money coming in wasn't what it was to, to keep that production level high on empty arena shows and they're back doing full big shows again they have great production and, and they had amazing production at 16 carat and I, I haven't got to see what it looks like on tape yet but live in the building just the, the video screens they had like a video cube kind of a deal above the ring that was amazing oh wow that's pretty good entrances. for an indie yeah. <laughs> yeah. in, in, you know whatever you would classify them as that's pretty big yeah, it was, um, it was, yeah, just the whole setup was just super professional and, um, and polished. And they've got English commentary and German commentary. And, um, it's, you know, they want it to be like they, this is a promotion which its origins are in like deathmatch backyard wrestling. And they have come about as far away to the other end of the spectrum from that as you can get. And, uh, um, but for me as a, a, a super critical wrestling fan who has seen so much great wrestling over the course of 30 years, like there's a lot of the wrestling that I will see on the shows that, you know, I don't feel meets what I, I think is like a, a particularly high standard. Um, so that may be 
where it falls down for someone like me or, or you, Rich. Um, but that said, there's, you know, I think there's a lot of guys with a lot of potential that are worth keeping an eye on. Um, and I have to mention that because, you know, I, I think this could be a name that really is, you could be talking about when we're doing power rankings of 2028 and the reverence you've talked about a guy like Will Ospreay, um, Peter Thiani is a name that people need to know because he is, he is, he is going to, he has got things in his skill set right now at a level of his career that was like Will Ospreay in 20, I know, 14. He's got things in his skill set that Osprey didn't have in terms of his selling, his just his natural kind of baby face connection. He, he, he's almost more like a young Ricky Steamboat than a young Will Ospreay, but the, the Ospreay comparisons really obvious that people will go to when they see him. Um, but he is a, a Hungarian wrestler who is like the gem of this Hungarian scene, which has been built from the ground up over the past couple of years by two wrestlers who comprise the Arrows of Hungary tag team. And they have a lot of experience. They're roughly our age, Rich, and they've been around uh, the European scene. And they're both really good guys who have done, um, put a load of effort into creating a new scene in Hungary with young people that all have an incredible attitude and all have incredible work ethic. And they are like, to me, both on both trips over when I was there in tag league and when I was here at Carrot, one of the things that stood out to me the most was seeing all these Hungarians and their camaraderie and their group spirit and, and how, how much promise and talent there is. And like I, only a couple of them were actually on shows, but I'm, I'm hearing that a few of them that are like newer have a lot of potential too. Um, but Tiani is the gem and he's like, you can tell he's like the leader of this group and he's only like early twenties himself, but he's the star and he is going to be, he is going to be a big name. Um, he wrestled Akira Francesco um, on night two and he looked every bit on the level of Akira Francesco, and Akira Francesco wow. is yeah, it's, it's good um, praise. You know, he's he's a guy that has been phenomenal this year. He's he's world class, and Thiani looked world class alongside him. And uh, everyone who sees him raves about him. And um, yeah, he's he's. I, I think he's so far ahead of like your like a lot of the flyers and stuff like that that get a lot of praise in the U S that appear in a lot of gifts and stuff because, um, Tiani can do some spectacular things, but he, he breaks out like the same things that he, he does and does well and doesn't stray too far from the bread and butter. Um, but his, it's his, it's his basics. It's his selling. It's his baby face connection. That's the thing that he's going to, build off of and that's the thing that's going to be his platform for for moving forward and you can tell he's such an incredible athlete that he's going to be able to add things as he goes 
and move up levels in terms of doing more explosive things and, and more eye-catching things, but at the right time. Like he's he's keeping stuff in his locker. You can you can tell that's the case, and that's really a smart way to approach it. And uh, I, I'm I'm super high on him and and uh, some of the other uh, young guys that I've seen coming through. Um, there's talent there for sure. So um, yeah, WXW is. I think they they've they've set themselves up really well. They've they've handled these tumultuous couple of years really well that they now are going to come out the other end of it. And I think they're going to keep marching forward and, and whether they get kind of um, the attention of uh, like a voice wrestling flagship or uh, a Twitter and, and whatnot, whether they get what they had in like 20, 2017, 2018, I don't know, but I think as a business doing really well, doing really good shows in Germany and being like the powerhouse of continental Europe, I I don't see that stepping back now. I think the fans seem really engaged. The the wrestlers they're using seem really engaged. It all seems to be moving forward in a very positive fashion. And um, it might not be for me fully anymore, uh, but I think it's definitely for a lot of people. A lot of are going to uh, get a lot of the. Uh, joy out of it going forward and um that's yeah i suppose that's uh my uh that's my analysis of things that i could probably put into uh um better words and make make more sense but wasn't nearly four in the morning but that's, uh, <laughs> yeah we gotta that's what you guys will we got to get you to bed. Uh, so I <laughs> appreciate you staying up, but no, uh, it's good to know. Yeah. That, that's essentially what that, that whole point of the, that segment was, was just like, is it safe to kind of go back in the water with, with WXW? I know it's been, uh, like you said, tumultuous couple of years for, for a multitude of reasons. And, and, you know, the, the pandemic combined with speaking out combined with just a lot of other just weird feelings and thoughts about that entire wrestling scene. And it's, you know, little by little, like rev pro, uh, I think, you know, I, I've still kept one eye on RevPro. I know we, we've talked about it on the flagship, uh, even through the pandemic, we kept an eye on, on, on RevPro and thought that they did a pretty good job of, of navigating uh, the, the uncharted waters that was, you know, the pandemic plus speaking out, uh, where some other companies did not do as well. You know, uh, Progress, obviously terrible you know, on all levels. Uh, OTT, you know, not necessarily the best either and and, and wxw uh you know just kind of a again like well, wxw like i i think they handled all that stuff really well like i yeah i agree they because they made they they approach it in a very german fashion you know like you have the likes of uh um uh, progress and and people in the uk just like trying to ignore that there are issues and just being like, no, everything's fine. Everything's great again. Now. Right. Isn't but being cute wonderful? about it, like, ah, oh, no, we yes. got this. No, we have a, 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 a sheet. Like, we have a piece of paper that we tell, we pass around to everybody that says, don't be a sex pass. And it's like, well, okay. But like, yeah. I think there's uh, bigger issues. And just like, you know, did, did, did Germans handle it in a very serious way? And they, and they were very, in a very open way. And they didn't have as, they didn't have um, a lot of kind of stuff attached to them to begin with, but what they did have, they they addressed straight right. away. Didn't hide they were it. Very open. They were very open about it, and then they went on about their business, and they didn't try to act like these things didn't exist. Um, 
And a, a great example I will give is that uh, um, a, a year or so ago, Marty Skrull was picking up some bookings for random places around Europe. And, like, he did some show in Poland, I think. And then he he got booked for some other um, scuzzy German promotion. And, and someone was saying, like, oh, like, oh, no, I hope this doesn't mean he's going to be in WXW again or something like that. And one of the, um, it was, I'm sure he doesn't mind me saying, it was Dennis Birkendahl, who's one of the, the higher-ups in, in WXW, who wouldn't normally kind of come out and, and chime in on something like this on social media, but he just he just flat-out said um, Marty Skrull would never be, I, I can't remember his exact words, but it was basically Marty Skrull will never be on a WXW show. You do not need to worry about this. Um, they take that stuff, they took that stuff very seriously, um, and, uh, yeah, they, 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 they aren't looking to hide from the fact that there were issues, but at the same time, they wanted to move forward in a professional, serious manner, and, and take what steps were needed to do so, and the people running that company now, the people running the school now, um, from, my experience with them all, I trust them very much, and I, I think uh, it's it's a company in good hands. And um, are they going to make some decisions that some of their fan bases fan base don't like here? In a wrestler, the of the fan base don't like here and there, or like have a connection to another wrestler that people don't like. Yeah, maybe, but they they don't try to hide from stuff either. They will. Dress if, if they feel it needs being addressed. So, um, yeah, they handled things well, uh, like in the way uh, I think Andy Quilden handled a lot of things quite well, also, and didn't always get the credit for it. But, uh, um, yeah, it's but in general, it for, for European wrestling, it's been, a, it's been a weird couple of years, and um, and yeah, they, but I think different different promotions are in different places coming out the other end. Yeah, and and I think a point that you brought up a little bit, and we'll, we'll kind of close with that, is that there's kind of a different fan base too that maybe isn't as because you know Joe and I will always talk about that. Like nobody talks about Rev Pro. Like no, you, you hear nobody talk about like in our little circle in our little bubble or whatever. It's like ah yeah, but then you watch these shows and they're like packed buildings and it's like okay well somebody must be at these shows like but it's just it's probably not the people that we interact with it's uh, it's not the people that we talk to it's not the people that that were once you know very active on social and very active all over the place going to all the shows and talking about all the shows and and meeting up at all the shows and all the things that you you kind of got from that scene you know five years ago those people are just probably there's just a bad taste in their mouth or they've just moved on or whatever. And there probably is just this new generation of fans that we don't interact with in our little bubble, but they're out there and they exist. And, 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 you know, there's another bubble that, or are they just, you know, they're, they're fans that are not on social, whatever it is, but like, yeah, they're, 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 they exist. They are there because these shows are well attended. There's crowds that are hot. They, they enjoy the products. They're, 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 they're buying into what a lot of these companies are doing. And, and, and it seemed to be kind of the same way with WXW where like you said, a lot of people that you didn't recognize or people that you don't remember, but like they're there they're there and they're a whole new fan base that maybe didn't exist there five years ago and i think that ultimately is what's going to be what's going to make that scene turn around and get healthy again is 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 new people new fans and 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 people that can kind of you know move past realize what happened in in before and be able to move past and kind of maybe hopefully move forward uh from there without that you know negative taste in their mouth about everything that that did occur 
Yeah, and uh, and lastly, Shigehiro what area winning the whole thing was incredibly heartwarming and a great moment and uh, a very genuine moment and it was uh, a great way to end the whole weekend. It looks really cool. Yeah, I don't know if those are up right now. I'm gonna have to check to to make sure they are. Uh, I think but... the I think the first night went up yesterday. So okay, I cool. The second night went up today. I'm guessing. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, I by the weekend I imagine it'll all be up. Awesome. So that is a uh, lookout for that WXW 16 karat gold uh, 2023. Alan, want to thank you so much for obviously staying up very late to, to do this with us uh, longer than I expected us to go. But we had good discussion, so I didn't want to let you go. Uh, but uh, I will give the plugs right now for people that want more. Uh, Alan, Pro Rest Paradise on the PW Torch. Uh, you guys got some good deals going on with the PW Torch right now. I know I got an email the other day that if you sign up, you might be put into an entry to get like a year free or something. It was, it was some, I forget the exact idea of it or the exact, you You're know. You're more off on it than I am. Yeah, I think it was something. <laughs> again, I, I apologize. Tell Wade, I apologize for not remembering the exact deal, but it seemed like a good deal. It was like one in 10 people that subscribe are going to get like a free month or a free year, something like that. A free month or a free year is a big difference. I, I should remember what it is, but it's late for me as well. It's even later for you. I should know, I should know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> You just get the, you just cash the checks. But anyway, that uh, Pro Rest Paradise on the PW Torch, you do an incredible job there. Just really, really fun, unique, and interesting looks at the world of wrestling. And I think that is what's most important. That's it's what you've always done. Going back to the Dr. Keith Presents stuff on, 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 you know, Wrestling Observer and Figure Four is there's a lot of other wrestling podcasts that talk about a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And, and rest assured, you do not talk about what everybody else is talking about. And you offer a very, very different show than what everybody else is doing. And it's an important show. Uh, and, and, yeah, obviously, if you're a subscriber to the PW Torch, make sure you listen to Pro S Paradise. And if you're not a subscriber to the PW Torch, what are you waiting for? Subscribe to the PW Torch and listen to the Pro S Paradise by Alan. And then there's a lot of other great stuff on the Torch as well. So, yeah, subscribe there. PW Torch, Pro S Paradise at Alan Forel on Twitter as well. You also pop up on our Discord every so often as well. Voices Wrestling uh, dot com slash Discord. So, Alan, I'm I, on there a lot more than I am Twitter these days. Smart. Yeah, that is, everybody should do that too. delete Twitter and just join our Discord. But uh, uh, Alan, thank you again for staying up pretty late for me on on what is what is now St. Patrick's Day for what well, was when we started, right? It was already past midnight, I think, when we started. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been the same. Oh, well. say, uh, the whole time since we since I was speaking <laughs> Irish eight hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so get some sleep uh, and get to that parade and go drink all that green beer and dye all your rivers green and all your bodies of water green. But uh, no, hopefully you have a a, a good day. Uh, and I want to thank you once again for coming on here and doing this show uh, again. Oh, thank you, Rich. It's, it's my pleasure. Alan Forel, Pro-S Paradise, PW Torch. That is it for the flagship. I'm Rich. That's Alan. We will talk to you guys next time. Take care. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode... I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.